and I do believe we are live. Live, you say? It does appear as if we are live. And although I can see your the mute button on your your camera right now, because I'm a pro at this. Wait, it's fine. Saying, it's fine. We'll just say we're live, but you can't hear me. Is that is that how this is going to go this time? Uh, no, I had the act, I left the Discord mute thing up over mm. your the bottom right of your mm. camera, but it's, it's bit right in the middle. Anyway, hello right everybody. Middle, look better. <laughs> Put a little. I'll draw a little yeah, smiley face. Little mute button. While I'm at it, I might as well. I'm going to go ahead and tweet. Do the tweet and the the Facebooking and do all the that tweeters. Got to play the game. Do the tweeters. Do the Facebooks. Tweeters. Book faces. Boom. Social media is up, both the book of faces and the tweeter. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Hapa? I'm fantastic. How are you? Cheers to you, buddy. Seven. Cheers to you. You just having some gentleman jack straight up, or no, no, know? that's an Alabama Alabama gentleman. So it's uh, Buffalo you do Rock. Like that gentleman jack. I do. I do like that. I still have three cans of that in do the uh, in the fridge. Yeah, to bring you some this summer. There's spring bring you a case of it i can't believe we're already rolling into the spring i know like i know it's been uh what is that in some ways it's been a really long you know an arduous winter and fall and in some ways it's been yeah. incredibly fast um you know i think back to us sweating on the uss oh, kid God. and me wondering if my shoes were gonna melt you know because the, <laughs> <laughs> the deck was so hot and i was talking to my daughter and i was like are, are, are our shoes gonna melt right so baton rouge was hot and the mississippi was full um, oh man, and it was very muggy that yeah, day. Yeah, it was, and all the the tourists who are on the riverboat, you know, trying to see the museum from generally from Europe. Well, you know what? What was interesting about that day too, when we went on the kid, and we're obviously sidebarring a bit here, but um, <laughs> it was hot. I mean, it was obviously <laughs> it was hot. very hot. <laughs> it was hot, but it was, but it, but I wasn't really. It wasn't bugging me so much. I think I don't know if it's just because we were on the river or what the deal was, but it seemed to, like it was okay. That's where our picture came from. Mm-hmm. We've been sweating for I'm, at least two hours in that picture. I'll say I'm, I'm glistening in that picture. Every time yeah. I look at that picture, I'm like, eesh. Yeah. yeah, we put in a day. On that one. It was yeah, fun, though. It was a good day. Sure. good day. Yeah, it was a good day. So episode four. So uh, episode four. We did it five, in less than six months. Wanna... So, you know, it's a start. I'm pretty proud of us, I think. Huh. Yeah. I mean, what, we delayed for like a week. No, two I weeks. mean, the goal two eventually weeks. is two a month, right? Yeah. That right. would be the goal. Um, the interestingly enough, this was exactly a month from the last one. Really? The to 4th the day? of February was when we, when we did it. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? Yeah. That's an increased frequency. It's not the ideal, but it's there increased. You go. We're getting there. Hey, man, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I mean, good we're getting there, right? Like, we're, we're, we're going to get there, um, and, and we very much enjoy doing these. You want to tell anybody? Why don't you tell everyone who's, who's checking us out? Um, what this is, what are, what are we doing and who are you? So seven and I are just a couple of old folks that are, uh, well, I guess we can't, I shouldn't say old folks yet. Right. We got a few. I mean, you're old. I'm 26. Wow. 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 I'm 28. That's old. All right. Compared to 26. Um, no, (laughs) (laughs) both he and I connected, uh, playing video games and, and, you know, at, at the time, uh, I was in a professional capacity in the video game industry, and he was streaming the the game, um, and we just had like 
personalities, I think, I would say, pretty much from day one. We kind of just melded yep. uh, personality-wise from, from day ones and, and became friends. And throughout the last, it's been two years, I think, now. It has been two years, um, yep. We've did, we just kind of talked about doing a podcast here and there, we, you know, because we always had really good conversations in general um, about w- I think we've been all over the spectrum in terms oh, yeah. of what, oh, yeah. what we've talked about. Um, and, and so that's what this came from. And the, the, this podcast isn't specifically about gaming. I'm sure we'll talk about gaming and stuff like that at some point, but uh, more real world stuff our thoughts things we see you know like we've talked about social media and advertising in the past we talked about the twitter acquisition and we it's an ongoing conversation i guess i should actually say yeah the twitter one is funny because um, this is the first time we don't have it on a subject list but i'm sure it'll come up <laughs> we, i don't think we can do yeah and actually i i meant to ask you if we wanted to talk about it more because the conversation about the glitchiness of the app right now is probably a good one to talk about Probably um, is. Yeah, probably is. I think we will talk about it. But, so there is a subject on our list, which is going to include um, sure. some things there. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, I think that pretty well covers it. Um, you know, sure. um, I don't guess we have to do personal introductions. Anyone who is listening should have listened enough to, to know who we are by now. Um, totally. And if you haven't, go back and do it. Yeah, you can go back <laughs> and check it out. It's, uh, there's some good stuff in there. You know, there's the, we're, we're still finding our stride about how we talk about things, how we move subject to subject, how we yep. have, you know, routine subjects we want to cover, what kind of things we want to cover. We're still, you know, we're still figuring all that out. But there is some really interesting stuff, I think, um, when I go back and check out. Because you know, I have to edit these, right? So I go back and I edit the audio yeah. and everything. When you go back and listen, um, there's some really good stuff in there. And, you know, it, especially when you go through and track through kind of the current events, Conversations, right? Like the things we were talking about, and Twitter is a really fascinating yeah. example because it, it changed so much. And you know, we've been doing this for you know eight, nine months, whatever it is. And you know, Twitter, the Twitter subject's been on every one of them, which is five episodes now, and uh, it's been a very different conversation every time. So it's it's really interesting to go back and listen to those, and you should check them out. You can get it on Spotify, um, you, wherever you get your podcast, you can get it. Of course, you can come here to YouTube. Uh, which is where we do live recording. If you're not watching today, go to YouTube. It's Real Talk, Real Talk, R E E L T A L K with Hapa and, uh, Seven. So you go check that on YouTube. I uh, love to have people uh, uh, chatting. You know, we've got someone chatting right now, Sony MG, one of our really good friends. Uh, in fact, uh, someone that I would credit for being a central part of just the community that we've created and that we're part of. You know, very, yeah. very Uncle Stone in some ways. Uh, so Sony's <laughs> chatting. Stone. And I, We'd love to have people chat, you know, uh, with us on YouTube, but also check us out Spotify, right? Wherever else you, you get your podcasts. Um, and if there's a place we're not showing up, let us know, right? We'll let Happa know. Uh, letting me know doesn't Yeah, yeah, doesn't definitely. Know. Tell Happa, and we'll make sure that we get into, uh, into that place as well. Um, goal is really to have fun, have some conversations, maybe spark some people to think about things a little bit differently than they thought about them before. Um, but not to be too serious. We really don't want to get too deep, dark, and serious like some podcasts do. Yeah, and I mean, and that's something that Seven and I talked about a, a while ago, that we were, we were, we're going to lay some ground rules, right? No politics, no religion, none, nothing super s- serious. Um, but I really, really, really also would love to encourage the folks that listen, uh, if you're listening, to message us on social media or whatever, or come here to the YouTube 
channel and in the comments leave ideas for topics or questions you might have about something we talked about or whatever um, I read every single one of those as they come in and uh, I'll either annotate those down in our notes online and, and seven and I will talk about it or, or who knows it may be a subject that we talk about in the future so definitely do that for sure um, but yeah we try to keep things I think we, we keep things pretty lighthearted we don't try to get too too serious i think yeah i mean we'll, we'll tackle subjects that. that aren't easy necessarily to tackle right but uh we don't sure. shy away from things to talk about and certainly yeah you and i don't agree on everything um but yeah. uh it it it's 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 all done from a spirit of you know hey let's let's hang out have a good conversation um have a drink together if we lived in the same town we just go go to a bar and have a drink together right and um we don't yeah, totally. right so this is a way for us to do that so um yeah well by way of kicking us off happily you know we've got a subject list here yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, we do work on a subject list ahead of time. Um, you know, as Happen was saying, if you've got subjects you'd like for us to cover, please let us know. And this one is actually one that was kind of left over from last time that we didn't really cover in earnest. Um, we kind of danced around it. And so I didn't bring it up. I didn't push it in last time. But it was one that we wanted to talk about and I felt was really good uh, for us to get into. Probably a little bit of heavy subject matter uh, could be in here. And I'm really curious to see where the conversation goes. But it's... It's, it's the economy, right? The, the current economy and how corporations are handling their place in the economy. Um, so, you know, as a refresher for what we were talking about when we put the subject on the list, you see lots and lots of layoffs. You see lots and lots of, at the same time, immense amounts of quarterly profits being, you know, record-setting profits amid layoffs in the same company. So it's, it's pretty fascinating to see where we are right now. So, uh, so where's your head on that, Pat? Why don't you kick us off? Well, first off, it still blows my mind away that, um, you know, being in the military as long as I did, I, I didn't have to worry about uh, work. I didn't have to worry about uh, getting paid or, or whatever the case may be. To the extent I think a lot of people in, out in in the real world, as I call it, really do do have to. And so it kind of it kind of hurts me in, in my heart when I read, you know, X company laid off however much, or Twitter blind laid off fifty people, or you know, whatever, when I, when I read that stuff, because, I mean, that that's people's livelihoods, like, that's real, real life, but it, I like that you mentioned the fact that a lot of these companies are posting record profits, so I, I, I guess for me, <clears throat> not necessarily being in corporate America and seeing if, if you're making record profits, why the preparation has to be to lay people off, or if that's a preparatory thing you do to try to maintain those profits or it's just a reflex that we have gotten into the corporate mindset now that when the you know the economy gets a little tight i just have to lay people off i don't i don't know what that is but i know f for me at least it's it's rather worrisome to to sit there and see that stuff happening because yep. you know i I'm lucky. I don't have to necessarily worry about a lot of that stuff, but you know, it, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, yeah, it's it's scary to me to watch that stuff going on. It really is. It's, it's pretty fascinating. So to draw a distinction between us, um, I've been an executive in the technology space for a lot of years and um, been in the middle of a lot of, the, of weird conversations around things like that. It's interesting because you've got companies who are laying people off and they're posting record profits, and you've got companies like, say, Target, as an example, sure. who are posting losses. And they just sure. posted you know, a fourth, um, a fourth quarter of losses, you know, sequentially, and that's not a thing that uh, happens at Target. But they're not laying people off, and right. so you, you you really are starting to see distinctions between companies who are just 
you know, willing to sell people out for profits, willing to sell employees out for profits and, and others who maybe are a little bit more future facing and say, hey, you know what, um, we'll get back on the profit train, uh, but we believe in our people and we want to keep them around. And one of the right. things, you know, you mentioned people having to wonder if they were going to get a paycheck. That's a real thing. Uh, it may, maybe, you know, people aren't always prepared for that, especially people who are coming out. I'll hire someone. Yeah. Their first job, right? Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, my God, I'm getting into the tech industry. And um, I'm so excited, right? And, and, oh, my God, it's my first job. And the reality hits, uh, you know, at some point. I've been laid off multiple times. Like, it hits at some point. And it's devastating, yeah. you know. And I've seen people actually leave industries as a result of that. And one of the things that kind of gets me and maybe makes me feel kind of the worst about it is people who say they should have been laid off, right? People outside the company who are like, oh, good, I'm glad they were making too much money anyway, right? Like, like that's as if that's somehow representative of the person who got laid off. Yeah. You know, like, they asked for money. A company thought it was worth it. They got the money, and then all of a sudden they don't yeah. have a job anymore. But just like anybody else, yeah. unless you're at a really top echelon of, of – let me say it this way. If you live off of a salary, you're spending it. Oh, yeah. You know, there are people who don't. Right, those aren't people living off their salaries. They're living off of you know whatever capital investments they may have made. What they're they've got these investments. Right. They're living off other things. But if you live right. off of your salary, you're probably spending it. Um, that includes you know people who are making more money than you would think you could spend. And that's you know people yeah. often we have a consumeristic society and people often spend to the level of earning. Yep. May not yep. be smart, but it's true. And so it really is hard to see people gloating on you know oh I'm glad they got let go. I'm, I'm glad you know that's that's really good. Because on the other side of it, who are you really – are you saying you want the owner of that company just to get more and more money? Do you – Do you? I envision right. a dragon on its hoard. You know, I, I envision a dragon smog and, you know, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, right, sitting in a mountain <laughs> on the hoard and yeah. just accruing more and more of that, you know, while getting rid of the, the peasants who, who, are, who right. are actually the ones responsible for generating the wealth. And while I find that picture distasteful – I find it more distasteful when people come out of the woodworks and say, hell yeah, I locked the dragon, right? Like, yeah. so it's a yeah. really bizarre thing to see how it's going. Um, and I, I'm interested to see companies like Target, and I bring up Target, you know, uh, as a good example of, uh, I know it's a company that's very, very, very forward-facing. They have a very, very futuristic yeah. outlook. They generally look at, you know, yeah. 15 to 20 years in their investments. So they have a, a really good future-facing, you know, uh, out, outlook on, on, on income. And they're a brand that people admire, you know? So I'm really curious to see how their investment pays off. We didn't lay people off. We want to keep them around. We believe in our people. And then I'm also curious to see on the other side of the coin, there's an awful lot of companies that people respected until now. You know, you've right. got Alphabet, which owns Google, right? right? All the tech companies. In fact, Warren Buffett was talking yeah. about the tech companies. He's like, this was, these were our, you know, up and coming blue chips. These were the people, these were the companies you could just bet on every quarter. And yeah. these were the companies people were hedging with. So in other words, you, you know, you might bet something in automotive, from an investment standpoint, you may put something in, you know, some some form of commodities. You may do some futures. Like, you may do some of that. Sure. But you would go back and be like, yeah, but I'm going to put some money in Apple. Right? Because that's a sure thing. Now, Apple, by the way, have you seen what happened in Apple? I don't think I have. Tim Cook decided not to lay people off instead of give himself Oh, a, yeah, yeah. He lowered his salary. Yeah. He lowered his pay. I'd work for that guy. Now. Right? Like. Do you think that was a conscious decision or did he actually do that with the idea well it's gonna grow more uh buy-in from my employees or people that might want to work and and synergize with this company to stay i think it's if i'm guessing because it's not right? like he needed the money right 
he doesn't need the money. I'm right? sure. Correct. He, he, he yeah. doesn't need the money. He'll never need the money. Um, so I, I, here's what I will guess. Um, I've met Tim Cook. He comes across as a very nice and genuine human being. And I will tell you that in one meeting, right, handshake, three minutes of conversation, I can't read a person. But here's what I can promise you I can pick up in that moment and everything since then, he's brilliant. Right? There's just no, sure. no denying he's brilliant. So yeah. I would bet, if I were just guessing, that the level of talent, the level of human being that Apple has both hired and been able to keep, right? So they develop their people and these people are sure. brilliant human beings. I, do, I, I would bet he's looking at that and saying, I don't think if things turn around in six months and everything's great that we can replace them. If I lose them, I'm losing them to Fair. Samsung. I'm losing them to someone else. And I don't think in a reasonable amount of time I can get them back. So I'm willing to do what I need to do to make sure right. that I retain the best possible talent. And right now, that is this move. While other companies right. are saying, and Elon Musk being, here we go, Twitter, right? Elon Musk being probably the best example of, I just don't care. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally just slashing positions, just don't period. Care. Right, he, like, he brought in his yeah. cousin to run the damn place, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. he doesn't care. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He's, he's out on an island, doesn't care, um, looking at top line and bottom line and laying off engineers and letting people go. You know, I think the woman who slept under the desk and was doing the, you know, oh, it, she got let go, right? Like, so this is, I don't know if you saw that. Like, she was the one that was, like, 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 like hard, going yeah. hard in the paint yeah. on, yeah, yeah. you should sleep at the office, right? <laughs> he laid her off last week or two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. So, like, you've got the companies that are all the way all the way over here on this kind of train of just, I don't care. And then you got companies, you know, I think Target, I think Apple, I respect those brands. And you look at them and you're like, you know what? We're going to do what we can to keep our people. We can still do layoffs later, right? It's not off the table. Like it's, if it's a thing we have to do, we have to do it. But they're saying there right. are other levers we can pull. So when you're, you're in the, you're in the boardroom and you're like, what can we do to make sure our books look good for the next year? And there were like a dozen things you could do, or maybe four things, or even three things, right? Sure. You've got some number of levers that you could pull. And some companies were just like, you know what? Layoffs, boom. They can never pull it again. That's the problem. You can't pull right. that again in six months. You've already pulled it. That's it. So now, Tim Cook was like, you know what? I'll pull the one on my pay. We'll cut some costs, mm. right? We'll do some of that other. And I can pull that other one later if I need to. But if you pull that layoff lever, you have pulled it. There's no one ringing that bell. And... You know, I want to ask your opinion on this. As someone, so I'm, I'm a little bit insider on some of these, right? Because this is the world I kind of live in. So I, I kind of ask your opinion as someone um, who's not necessarily that. One of the things I've observed is how many people, how many companies are doing this. And you and I talked very briefly about this last time. But I'm wondering if companies aren't, if you're the only company that does layoffs. Let's say everything's going great and the economy's going great. And you're at, let's right. say you're at Apple and you do a layoff. The news headlines are just going to be, they're going to butcher you. And they're going to go for yep. three months, right? They're, people are going to be talking yeah, about yeah. it on CNBC. You're like, going to off about it because you laid people off, but you're the only company that did it. Right. So I'm curious now if some of these companies aren't just trying to be a face in the crowd. They're like, you know, if we're going to lay people off, now's a good time because the news cycle for us will be negative for 24 hours instead of yeah. 24 days. So how are you – How are you? are you even keeping up? Like, is it just a bunch of so companies are laying thing. people off or do you have specifics in your head? Are you remembering that? I truly believe that, like what you just said, like we're just going to be a hiccup in in the in the giant room full of hiccups. Like no one's going to notice. Yeah. But because because you've got a lot of things going on right now, right? So I love that you brought up Target because Target 
Target was announcing record losses, right? Yeah, exactly. But where, but where were their losses actually? Where was huge portions of their losses coming from? Yeah, it do was. You, lo- do you lo- know where that? Yeah, logistics and 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 honestly, they've done a bad job in the buying world. Uh, yeah, they can't get rid of some product. Um, yep. You know, they have a they have an in, uh, an inventory issue basically. Right, and then and then you add in. I mean, it's only a subsect of that, but you add in also. Up and down throughout the United States, shoplifting and theft has just skyrocketed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's a lot of product that they just lose, and insurance companies aren't covering anymore because it's not against the law, quote-unquote, in a lot of these places. Not to get, again, not to get political or whatever, but, you know, that if you, if you have a business model where I have product A, I need to sell it for X amount of dollars, and that product just constantly leaves the shelves yeah, without it's profit, going out the back door that's of the a problem. Door. Right, so yeah. that's a problem. Whereas, so you've got that going on right now. You've got um, all these social media outlets losing their just piles of money in terms of ad revenue because I don't think it's just because of the economy. I think it's because also right now everyone is kind of paying attention to, oh, Facebook and, and, and Instagram and Twitter. They sell my information, so I'm a little bit more careful about what I do on social media. There's been a lot of hearings on you know Capitol Hill and blah, blah, blah. These things are coming out, so people are becoming a little bit more aware. So perhaps they're using social media less Right. And then you have the other side of it where there's a lot of push pull um, in the electronics realm about what products better or what product allows what, you know, Apple allowing TikTok or not allowing TikTok. And like all these things are compounded right now, plus the economic position we're in. Right. So and and I, I, I would almost argue that you do some of these companies didn't need to do the layoffs like i like i think i really don't think that a lot of them needed to do this yeah but i think like you said somewhere in a boardroom somewhere yep. they said hey everybody's doing it just sneak it under the radar and everyone it, we may get it may get reported in the news but it's going to be part of that two minute blurb where they talk about all this stuff and no one's going to really notice and we'll just carry on you yeah know? yeah i mean i you know technology companies have been interesting over the past however long right and I've been in jobs where someone comes in and they're like, you need to hire this many people. I don't need that many people. You're going to hire this many people. Why would I need that? I, I really don't need that many people, right? You're yeah. just creating a situation where I'm going to have so many people that you're going to come back to me at some point and you're going to be like, why does your personnel cost so much? And I'm going to be like, well, you made me hire, you know. Yeah, yeah. The 50% more people than I actually wanted. And I'm talking about like in, yeah. in just like instances of people coming in and saying, you're going to hire 50 people, right? In a quarter. Right now, and I'm like, I, I asked for five. No, 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 you're gonna hire fifty. <laughs> so I've had that occur. And what I what I've witnessed over a period of time, especially um, technology companies that are that are working off of uh, VC, right? So so you do sure. your Series A, your Series B, and you start getting more and more and more and more investment capital. One of the best, one of the biggest, one of the one of the chosen markers of success, right, is how many employees you have. Right. Right. And so I, I've been I've actually gone through processes where I work with states, you know, different governments and I talk about job incentives packages and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. the the marker is how many people you employ. And what's interesting is there is a very responsible way to do that. And then there's a way where you're full of it. And so a responsible company, let's say if, if you know, if if Happen Seven started, you know, Happen Seven L L C and we were talking to the the great state of, you know, 
uh, Texarkana, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. And they're like, hey, how many people are you going to hire in the next three years so that we're talking about this jobs incentive package? We would be sure. like, well, we think this number is how many we're going to need to be successful. Right? That's, that's sure. the way I think, I know you all not to say, we would probably walk in that attitude. There's an awful lot of people that yeah. walk in and say 500. Yeah, because Just it's off a, the top of their right, head. Because it's a it's a it's a it's a crazy number, and you know they're gonna be like, sure. "What? Five hundred? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. You must be yeah. amazing, right?" And yeah, and then you're stuck hiring five hundred people. Well, you do that, and then at some point you got five hundred people. <sighs> yeah, and I've seen so many technical technical companies do that. I've seen so many come in and say, "I'm gonna hire five hundred people." Well, here's what it did over a period of time, and this is getting really philosophical for me, but. Over a period of time, when you say, I'm going to hire 500 people, and enough companies do that, right? So let's say we have the top 100 companies that go out and say, we're going to hire 500 people. The market conditions you create is incredible scarcity. Sure. So in order to hire those 500 people, in order to get those incentives, you're willing to spend just about yep. anything. Yeah, yeah, And you yeah. end up paying, you know, people who just got a four-year degree, right, at, at you know, at tier seven school, right? <laughs> They come out and they're like three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, plus equity, yeah. plus bonus, right? And these companies were like, "Okay, we got to get that. We got to hit. We got to hit that number. We got to hit that five hundred. Oh number. my gosh! And so then they look around. Some of them, you know, sometime later, and they're like, um, "You guys realize how much our employees are costing right now? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like our our app is making uh, twenty-five million dollars a year. That sounds great. Okay, our employees are costing three point seven billion dollars a year." <laughs> right, like, and you see it's it not so great, right? You look at like in, like Instacart reporting. I think it was like a four hundred, yeah. some four hundred twenty-five million dollar loss. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you lose yeah. that much money? Right. So, yeah. Um, those things, like to me, when you're talking about like walking in the room, there's. I think there are people. I think there are companies right now that are handling the economy. The economy oh, is is look, heading in a way that none of us are happy with. And I think, yeah, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the pandemic, there's a lot of things that occurred, you know, economy <coughs> markings, these feelings that are a couple of years behind. They're latent. Sure. You know, um, so we're experiencing some things and we will continue to. So I think everyone knows the economy is not exactly where we want it. But there are some companies that I think that are, are, are robber baron level of, of reporting, you know, quarterly profits while knowingly having spun up 500 of these jobs. Right. Right, and then these people are on the street, but now you've created the opposite in the market conditions. Yeah, where you have all these people on the street, and no one wants to hire them. Yeah. Well, and you and I have talked about that before. It's like tech companies are. It's easy to see that. It's easy to see when when the economy is booming. Tech companies are like, you know, higher, 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 higher. Just bloat, bloat everything, bloat the company up to the size that, like. You know, you'll literally get to a point where you're like, what do you even, what do you do? Oh, like, yeah. What do you, what is your job? Like, I don't understand. And when that person's like, I, I really, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I, have you seen the show have no Silicon idea. Valley? No yeah, yeah. Totally. So, you know, you know the crew that they put on the roof? So, anyone yeah. who hasn't seen the show, Silicon Valley, right? So, um, Silicon Valley is about Silicon Valley, but it's a Mike Judge show so you can yeah. it, it, it's basically the dude's a prophet at this point i'm convinced he's from the future right like he, he, <laughs> for somehow he knows like these things are going to occur but there's a whole crew at this this startup company that goes in every day goes to the roof of the building and drinks and one of these people gets relegated and they're like well, we're gonna we need you to not we need, we're taking you off this project and and the guy's like well what do you mean taking me off the project taking off the project well what do you want me to do yeah. 
So I'm fired? No, 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 no. You're not fired. So am I laid off? Oh, no, 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 no. We don't do layoffs. And so he wanders to the roof and he finds there's an entire crew of people up there who are still salaried employees that just come in every day and sit on the roof. And look, it's a it's 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 a meme. Right? Right? You want that to be completely not true. It's true. <laughs> right? Like, it's, right? it's actually happening. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, in chat, I'm going to call out chat here, and I'm going to read this. Rita says, uh, uh, they're not, not, they not doing this for money. We're doing it for a crap load of money. And that's what is really interesting to me. So, Happa, you and I yeah. could talk about, uh, we could get together, right? We go to a bar. Yeah. I, I'll, pay for, I'll pay for drinks, let's say. <clears throat> you know, it's a $50, $100, whatever it is. $200, $300. That's a number that neither one of us is really going to lose our, ma- our minds over. There is a number at which we lose our minds. Sure. Right? Like, there sure. is a number at which everyone is making decisions very differently than their mama would be proud of. Oh, yeah. And, and that's something I think we're dealing with right now. You know, Zuckerberg at Facebook, the billions he's lost by investing in his, you know... He sees the ad and money going away, and he's invest- and he's lost billions at the same time yeah. as the economy taking a downturn. At the same time, yeah. he, he's just like in a downward spiral. But then the numbers that he's playing with would dictate that it would be very di- it would be di- very difficult to be a good human being and be m- messing with those numbers. Well, when you get to a point where you are like Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or any of those guys, do do, do those numbers really affect you? Like, do you really even, are you even recognizing what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you'll see, okay, I'm sure these people have the ticker going constantly. They see the economy, whatever's going on, you know what I mean? But are they even worried about this? Like, I'm worth more than Bezos today, but that's just a number. You know what I mean? Like, because we've talked about that too. Like, Elon, his Tesla stock has crashed with all his Twitter stuff. But he's, he's actually said, I don't care. I mean, how, why would he care? Yeah. There is no 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of his money is more money than I will ever see. Exactly. Like, it, it's staggering, right? And and there's something to be said for, some, you know, these people have, that are worth this much money. Any decision they make is going to leave a huge wake. Yeah. You know, it. Yeah. just because of the size of enterprise that we're discussing, <laughs> you know, like 10,000 right. people work at these companies or 50,000 people. Oh, you know, I worked man. at a company once had 35,000 people, right? The decisions that you make that impact everyone in that company create an, a really large wake. Um, and there's no way it's always going to be positive. So I, I maybe for me, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't necessarily understand how you could even, I mean, cause I'm so removed from that thought process too it's like you can't really understand it because i'm still thinking about well you know little timmy that might be a software engineer or something like that just lost his job and is now possibly losing his mortgage that he bought when he moved to austin because everyone's moving here that's a tech whatever you know yep you know i think that that, i'm gonna say this all right so i'm gonna say this I think the people who are making those decisions should have to sit in the room with every single person they let go. Look them in the eye. Look them in the eye. Yeah. I will tell you, having done that the number of times I've had to do it, I've had to do layoffs, right? And I've 
I sat in the room with every single person. I didn't do a big company, you know, whoa, if your email doesn't work, you no longer work. I, I just, that is, ugh, it's gross. And it insulates the people who are making the decision from the ramifications of the decisions, right? So they get to pretend this is a video yeah. game, right? There are people. I have sat across the table from someone I wanted to let go more than anyone ever. This was not a layoff. This was a fire. And almost been swayed to keep them because of their reaction. Oof. You know, completely knowing that this person's got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, they're, they're bad for the business. We've talked to them 9, 10, 11, 49 times sure, about sure. improvement. It just didn't work. Yeah. And then them acting like, oh, my God, are you serious? Like, my kids are this. or I, This is just a really bad time. My wife is sick. That's what I got with one of them. My wife is sick. I'm just like. <laughs> but, that, but that also, let's, let's be fair. That kind of response is good, though, because that means you have a soul. Like, <laughs> and that's you know what, what I'm driving mean? at. Like, that's what I'm driving yeah, at. Yeah, like, you're yeah. making, at these big levels, these companies are making soulless decisions. Yeah, yeah. And totally. I have a problem with that. Like, uh, fundamentally, yeah. if, if it feels soulless to me, I, oh, will, totally. I will find that company making that decision unattractive. It's not that I, I'm sure. not a boycott person, right? I'm not, I don't believe those. Oh, we're going to boycott. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. No yeah. one cares. Okay. Yeah, no one yeah. cares. The publicity from the boycott made them more money oh, than right. your boycott was going to lose them. Trust Because let's be honest, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, man. There was like this boycott <laughs> of, of, of Chick-fil-A at one point, And I was like, man, <laughs> y'all can say you're boycott, but you know you're going to get that spicy chicken sandwich. I tell you what, I'll boycott Hell them on yeah. Sunday when they're closed. How about that? Right? Like, <laughs> right? And so, like, you know, I understand why people make, you know, companies make political statements or decisions and people i don't agree with that whatever else i get that yeah, and yeah, people need to choose yeah. you need to speak with your dollars that's how you need to tell a company yeah. you don't approve of them but uh at the same time i find companies that are doing these layoffs and then reporting record profits i i'm noting them and i in my head i'm thinking Never. if i can, if i if i can if i have an alternative to doing business with you i will take the alternative but that's definitely a a moral ground, though, that I think that becomes very difficult because of the fact that the of the the way corporate world is. Because I feel like that's becoming a a big standard. Like you go back to the Fifth Element, where old boy finds out he got fired <laughs> by a telegram. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's. Let's be honest. When we get to the point of having by and large as a company, or you know. Like that scene where he's like, we need to lay off. We think we need to lay off 5,000 taxi cab drivers. And the CEO's like, lay off 100,000. Like, sir, we only need lay off 100,000. Like, you know, just that that evil rolling your hands in the back of a boardroom <laughs> kind of thought process, right? Like, <laughs> like Mr. Smithers at our, <laughs> yes, our exactly. nuclear power plant calls all these problems, Mr. Smithers. Yes, Mr. Burns. <laughs> Excellent. Right? Like, <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, it, but it's, but that's scary because it's like I feel like more and more we are getting that way though like the and that's why I always talk about I mean you always hear me talk about as a leader you need to be work hard stay humble or humility is a big deal and and you know because in terms of management leadership at any level you need to have that humility you need to have that human contact you, doing horrible things like that over email or whatever is well horrible like it shouldn't be occurring you know it, yeah i don't know it's it's a bizarre world we're living in right now you know it's 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 fascinating to watch 
Um, I'm glad to be a part of this time, and we're going to move on to the next right. subject because this is a good segue. Sure. Um, you know, we live in an amazing world where things are changing. And, for example, if these companies think that I think the economy is a good driver for uh, mm. <laughs> having issues, let's talk about this whole chat GPT thing. Evil. Right. What if, what if and, and I'm going to draw a distinction, and I'll get into the technicalities of it in a minute, between artificial sure. intelligence and machine learning, right? And a lot of these companies that we're talking about depended on machine learning for their profits. Yep. You know, these, these Facebook, the algorithm, right? You hear them say, oh, the algorithm. They have no idea what it does. Out of curiosity, is Facebook, like, the company to, that created this, by the way? For social Like, media. are they, like, okay. Yeah, so. I, I mean, they're, they're like, the model that others probably built off of. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about the difference between artificial intelligence and, and machine learning, right? So artificial intelligence, let's get that out of the way first. When you see the, the movies, you see sure. science fiction, you see the stuff about artificial yeah, yeah. intelligence. That's when a machine can make an intelligent decision on its own. We're not there yet, right? AI is not a real thing yet. At some point, everything's still based on heuristics. We may not understand the heuristics, but the machine right. has said, I have logical arguments to reach a conclusion. That is still a thing. There's no creativity. And they're grabbing data from a it's database to correlate data points, that. Right? Human beings yeah, are, still yeah, yeah. The, are still the driver for creativity, right? The, the, when you sure. get to creativity, we're going to have some real weird conversations. But that's artificial yeah. intelligence. Machine learning, on the other hand, is taking huge amounts of data, like you were saying, these data points, and changing an outcome from an engineering standpoint. Let me give you an example. Facebook is probably the best early example, but at one point, Facebook, uh, and Rita called this out, Facebook's the place, you know, she remembers the poor decisions. Uh, it was birthdays, right? It was yeah. video chat yeah. with grandparents. It was, what did I have for yeah, lunch yeah. today? And the, the feed on Facebook, if you recall, and Twitter was the same way, was literally, who am I following? And in what yeah. order did they post something? That was it. Yep. That was the entire yep. thing, right? On Twitter, it was literally whoever I was following and in a chronological order of them posting something. Well, at sure. some point, Facebook, they were the first ones to kind of pull the trigger on this. They said, you know what? We're going to change that. And uh, machine learning is how they did it. And so what they did right. was they fed the machines a bunch of data. And they said, okay, what should I be showing? What should I be showing half a fodder? Well, the question the machine has to know is, what are you trying to achieve? Right. Because it's not creative. Right. Right. It can't make, it's not making a decision on its own. So at some point, Facebook said, engagement. Well, what's engagement? Well, I want to keep them on the site as long as possible. And I want them right. to click as many things as I can. <clears throat> That's what I want. And so the machine yep. was like, done. And it, <laughs> it went on a tirade, which is still going yeah, on. Oh, yeah. Day. Oh, yeah. Which, if you go to Facebook and you look at your feed, if we follow the exact same people on Facebook, we have the exact same social circle on Facebook, right? And you go to Facebook and I go to Facebook, we'll get different feeds. Yeah. That's weird, right? That's, you yeah. can't regulate it. And so Facebook got <laughs> called in front of, you know, Congress and they're like, how does this work? And Zuckerberg's like, I have no idea. Because <laughs> right? yeah. the machine's yeah. doing the machine things. And yeah. chat GPT, right, is a, in a, is an accumulation of machine learning, uh, which is now bordering on, at least perceptively to human beings, AI. Yes. And yes. the reason for that, if people are unfamiliar with ChatGPT, think of it as if a search engine was a person you could open a chat with. And so functionally what it does is you say, I want to learn more about lathes, right? A lathe is a machine where the material spins and it cuts, it's how you make a baseball bat, right? I want to learn more about lathes. 
Cool. What do you want to know about lathe? The lathe is this. That's what it tells you. But it remembers the last questions you asked. So it, it has a context. Yep. So it's like a search engine that creates context. Um, very fascinating. I've seen some really... I want, I, I want to give some examples of some stuff I saw, but I want to hear... You're the one that brought this subject up. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. want to hear what happened. There's a reason I'm seen. scared about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear all this. So I read an article where a college professor specifically mentioned his fear of the rise of chat GP because of the fact that he knew right now his students in his classes mm -hmm. were having it draw, write papers for them. Sure. Yeah. 100%. So in, in the article, he specifically asks, like, at what point do we just say, all of your work has to be done in class live. Sure. Like it used to be. Right. Like I'm watching you do it. Yes. Because he knew for a fact that he was like, I can't prove it, but I know for a fact it's happening because they talk about it. Like mm -hmm. they were out partying at the club or at the bar until two in the morning. And right before they left, they said, hey, man, write this paper on whatever the, you know the rise of fascism in in eastern europe between this date and this date and it has to be 600 words sure. and it it pooped it out and you're good to go no problem you don't even need they didn't even need to read it because it was grammatically correct and spelling oh, yeah. was correct all that stuff already done you know yeah yeah chat, and, chat and, and gpt so, has changed the game on on some of this stuff because of that yeah what you just said yeah. it what it generates is good enough to use and to mm -hmm. fool humans. So my problem with that specifically is, um, in my opinion, I mean, this is a whole other subject, but my opinion, the higher learning is already so convoluted that it's not really learning. Like, it really isn't, you know. It's... It, you got a lot of crap going on in, in institutions for that are supposed to be for higher learning that just isn't teaching what the basics of what needs to be taught, right? So you're already you're already working from a narrowing, you know, intellectual level and then you're you're getting these papers that are, you know, whatever, what research papers. So at what point is Dr. blah 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 that is a going to be a chemical biologist? Yep. But he doesn't know how to do anything in chemical biology because everything was done by this by this algorithm. Like at what point does this occur? Like, his credentialing is literally a lie. But you can't prove it because there's no proof. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. this is the thing that worries me. And then at some point, when you get into the arts side of things, yep. musicians, poets, hell, screenwriters, you're going to end up in a, in a position where a, a screenwriter is going to be just plug into the app what, what things I need, and it spits out a freaking script. There's there like, was that's this uh, not good an experiment that was done and it's probably still ongoing and I, I don't remember the name of it but it was in music and they were talking about you know people's preferences for music are so predictable that machine learning can generate music that you would like and yeah. what's interesting about that is the music is soulless yeah. Right, and when you first heard it, you're like, okay, that's obviously generated by something, and it's not that I dislike it, but I can tell it's not whatever. Sure. But it's getting better, right? It's getting better yeah. at adding in a flourish or adding in a flaw or trying to convince us that it's a human being. 
And that is right. where I think we get into the scary space, right? Um, there's one thing to be said about artificial intelligence where machines begin to make decisions or be creative or whatever the case may be. There's another thing to be said for machine learning, which is literally just an algorithm fooling us into right. believing that it's human. That is, and where does that line, where do we cross that line? And that's what uh, professors are dealing with. You know, there's, there's <laughs> chat GPT passed the bar recently. <laughs> you saw that, like in some state, right? Like, and there's people out there now saying, well, I'm going to make a machine learning algorithm that can detect machine learning algorithms. <laughs> right? And, and there's, this, there's this guy and he's got this startup and investors are like, take yeah. all my money. Right? Yeah. And they're, like, shoving money at this guy. you got to get ahead of the game. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, you're right. The big next thing is the machine learning. It's like I need, a, I need a helmet that protects my head, but now I need a helmet <laughs> to protect my helmet. <laughs> well, where does it end? Well, I need a helmet to protect the helmet protector, right? And you end up like a right. helmet. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. where does it end? And uh, chat GPT is a really interesting um, an, an interesting case, right? Because I think it, I, I, actually, I actually think that chat GPT is a really good example of us, of uh, a, a good opportunity maybe for us to figure sure. out how to handle this. And here's why. Chat GPT, if you go talk to chat GPT and you're asking, I've done this, right? I'm asking questions and journalists are doing it and they're trying to make it mad. They're trying to make it have an identity and they're trying to do all these things. It's, it's data is from 2021. And it'll tell you that, right? If you're, if you're digging in, it'll be like, hey, my, it, it's very open. Like I'm, 2021 was my last like major data look. So while it's very effective, there's no way for it to get brand new data. We don't have the computing power yet that it can consume yesterday's data, for example. Right. And so right. there are ways to be like, okay, right, we can put time markers in there because from a computing standpoint, we can't get it fast enough. Sure. And you just can't process the amount of data it needs to process fast enough. So that would be, be a good way to, to keep it safe then, I suppose, right, is keep that keep its information throttled to however far back. Well, we have a limitation. Regardless of the computing power. Right. We have a limitation where right now we have to do that, right? We don't have a... Right. There's no way not to do that. If we continue, and this is be this will be, well, I was going to say decades. It'll probably be next month, right? But <laughs> if we continue down the path, right. we will get closer right. and closer and closer and closer to real-time data consumption. And we're not, we're, we're so far from that. I mean, 2020, two years, right? right. It's two years behind right now and it's the best tool we have. So it, it's a, it is a good opportunity for us to sit down and say, okay, how, how should we be handling this? What are the morals of, of dealing with this? Because it's useful. Right. It is incredibly right. useful. I will tell you in the software development industry, there are plenty of instances where someone could be like, you know what? I want an app that does these seven things. And chat GPT is like, all right, what language you want to know? Uh, I want it in React Native. Cool. Boom. Doop. You actually got the code. Is it perfect? Nope. Is it 85% of the way there? Yep. That's a huge quantum leap forward. Sure. That we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be not having. Right. But on the other side of it, you got students who might be doing surgery on my brain at some point. Being like, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I was I was actually face down drunk in the bushes that morning when the and, and then Chat GPT took the thing from me, and I'm like, <laughs> you about to come out? You know, it's like count back. And, and, and at what point are we getting to the point where we're like, I like lattes, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> idiocracy, you know, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're in idiocracy. All of a sudden, again, Mike Judge comes back into play. But yeah, Chat GPT <laughs> always. Is, always. is one to keep an eye on. Have you played with it at all? I 
am legitimately, uh, and it's probably an unreasonable fear. But Are you scared? I'm actually, actually scared, scared to go talk to it? <laughs> I'm actually scared to do it. Yes, just because. Uh, well, and here's the thing to it. I say it, it's unreasonable to be scared about it because every social media app that you're connected to already knows all the data that you're probably worried that does. GPT is going to grab. Like, so it doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? What I'm worried about is something that is like far more dystopian, like uh, Putin's been dead for the last 10 years and <laughs> we're literally, you know, we're doing diplomatic conversations with a deep fake and AI like that. Yeah. That to Keanu, me is have scary. Have you seen Keanu Reeves take on that? I haven't. Yeah, he's, uh, I think it was Keanu Reeves. I, you know, I'm going to get it wrong because I'm not looking at the article and you just, you sparked it in my head, but I think it was Keanu Reeves. Sure. He was like, look, deep fakes are a real problem. And he has in his contracts. Yeah that they can't do any of the technology to make him look younger, you know, all the, the tech that's that's out there today. And that sure. technology is is what we're, is being used to create deepfakes, right? Like, that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, that's a real problem. I mean, if you and watch the wrong. movie The Irishman, like, the de-aging and everything that's involved in that yeah. in those that movie yep. is insane. Yep. And, it, and, you know, you combine that. That's not a bad point. If you combine that and you can teach that deepfake to say things that seem... Yeah intelligent you're you're really close to again machine learning faking it right you're, you're not quite across the uncanny valley i don't think and and I, let me be clear i'm not worried about that specific aspect like oh you know uh skynet taking over i'm talking about somebody that doesn't want other people to know they're running a country figurehead is overthrown they put that deep fake on the TV with AI, whatever, and programming what they want him to do and act and however. And now you've got somebody that you definitely don't want running a company, a country, <laughs> running a country. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, like yeah. that to me is very scary because if you they could do the de-aging, they could do the regular aging. Oh, so sure. if you've got a 90 year old Putin and he's been dead for the last 25 years, you know, like that to me is pretty freaking scary. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I suppose for me is I, I maybe I should have more faith in the human race, but I don't. And I, I worry about this no, stuff. No. Being I mean, I think you know, combining these two reasons. subjects. Right. Let's talk about this for a minute. Combining these two subjects, what I've already said and what we already hit on. I'm glad that you made sure. that way is that at some level of money, people make soulless decisions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Human beings make soulless decisions. We're not that far from letting a machine make the decisions to right let 10,000 people no longer have a job oh god that's that's so scary to be on a on a human level just you know yeah i, I, I mean it, right now in the boardroom i've been in some of these right right now in the boardroom they sit down with an excel spreadsheet and they say all right what does the spreadsheet look like and what's interesting about that you know well, here, let me tell you what's interesting about that. And this is this is just my my views, right? This whiskey must be good. So let me <laughs> let me tell you. You sit down in a boardroom and you're looking at a spreadsheet. And that spreadsheet, you're saying, okay, how do I make a decision about the next six months, year, ten years, whatever? And you're only as good at that, as that spreadsheet at that point. Yeah. So you got to ask the question: Who put together the spreadsheet? And what were their motivations? And what did they put in there? And what did they leave out? Because there's three kinds of lies. There's lies. There's damn lies, and there's statistics. And right. so when you're talking about statistical analysis, someone chooses to put something in, and someone chooses not to put something in. And so these boardroom conversations are all tinted, oh. right, by 
someone's roll up of oh here's the number 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 here you go elon right like that's the that's how that works and right. we're not too far from just feeding those numbers into some machine and saying well what should we do and i, I i'll be honest with you I'm not gonna lie conspiracy theory time tinfoil hat i wouldn't doubt it that's elon i wouldn't doubt that's what elon musk is doing all the time he has to be he doesn't i look the man is very intelligent but he's not smart enough to be rolling into a company like Twitter and I, I, he's getting a list of people that they think should be laid off and yeah. he's, like, looking at their resumes. That's not happening. He doesn't, like he you can't. and I said, it's he not doesn't a real give thing. a shit. Like, excuse my language, but he doesn't care. Look at you care. with your first swear word on the podcast. I know. Do you want I'm me to sorry. be? All right, I got to know. Do I need to edit that out later? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> But 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 like you know, when you're when you're at that level, you've got that ten thousand foot level. There's no way Mm-mm. that you have eyes on all of that. You couldn't There's if no you wanted way. to. You could give it your no. your dead level best effort, work twenty two hours a day and try to do it, and it's just not possible. <clears throat> right. Especially when you're trying who, to affect change as quickly as he's doing. Yeah, and I don't want anyone right? here like, listening to any you know the sound of our voices thinking that I believe that's a that's a real thing. Right. I don't. I don't believe right. that's a real thing. I just don't believe. I believe one person being in charge of that much resources has its own impact. Just the nature of right. that relationship with one person sure. being worth $250 billion. Being able to buy a major outlet like that, to me, yeah. is... And, and, I mean, part of the problem we have, back to the, corp- the corporation's conversation, is those are monopolies. Yeah. What, what, what is the Twitter alternative? There is none. There is none. Right. And there what's the Facebook that. alternative? What's the Google alternative? And here's what's happened yeah. in the past 15 years, 20 years, is these companies have gotten huge as they bought their competition. So you yes. couldn't have done that. And, and then, then sunk them. And then sunk them or just put them on a shelf. Yeah. You couldn't have done that yeah. in the automotive industry. You could not have done that in manufacturing or medicine or any regulated industry. You could sure. not have done that in finance. My gosh, bank mergers. Yeah. Right. yeah. Kroger is trying to merge with Albertsons in the grocery store world, and the government's like, mm, I don't know. It's like Google just <laughs> killed 6,000 companies last year, and the government's like, I don't know about the apples, though. You're worried about who's going to have the best butcher in the northeast yeah. of the country. You know what we can't do? <laughs> Yams. Like that, that's the line. <laughs> I Someone. mean, they're pretty insidious. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Thanksgiving comes around. Yams matter. But Just like, it, it's really interesting because tech companies got a pass. You know, like Uber oh, got God. a pass. And, I don't, and now and we've here, got... Here's my thing. You, companies like that, so that's perfect, perfect example. Like Uber. How? 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 I mean, if you your want to lose half a billion dollars your a year. Your company is not much. Like, what? Like, how did that even happen? They they broke all uh, the laws, man. Yeah. You know, they broke all the laws. Taxi cab companies couldn't. Right? Taxi cab companies couldn't break the laws. They're very highly regulated in every city. And Uber said, we're a tech company. not a, We're not a cab company. That's actually how it happened. There were a lot of companies that were doing this in the early 2000s. So there were companies that were saying, um, well, we're not a medical company, so we don't have to abide by HIPAA. What would you say? We're a tech company. What do you do? We just store medical records. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> right. We process and yeah. store medical records. Yeah. But you're not a medical company. Nope. 
tech company. And so the U.S. government, and I'm going to get, uh, you know, a little bit political here. The U.S. government is full of people who don't understand this stuff. Yes. And that lack of understanding has put the government, and I'm not a big government regulatory guy, but look, the EPA is a good thing, right? The, the, the Food and Drug Administration, that's a good thing. Right? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. like, for, I don't want my kids poisoned, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. I have yeah. a real fear if there wasn't someone saying, you know, you can't, uh, you can't put a but, strychnine in the, the apple juice. That's just a, that's bad, guys. But So here's my question, though. <laughs> like, you, you mentioned EPA or FDA. Having those agencies, though, I feel like have driven this. Oh, I'm, we're not doing this or we're not doing that. Oh, sure, sure. <clears throat> so the question and is, you ignorance... Know, Yep. has allowed that to flourish. Well, the, right? the companies were allowed to control the agencies. Right. Right. This is how, you know, a lot of these things happen, right? And you got, I mean, you know, I, you know where I live, right? Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Alabama has a history of manufacturing, you know, mining, whatever it is, polluting, even though sure. the EPA was supposed to be, you know, the EPA looked the other way, right? There's a lot of collusion. Right. There was a lot of corruption. And so those things happen, right? And... To a great, de- great so degree, <clears throat> tech was allowed to just run rampant. And I, I have to think a lot of that is still was, but is still ignorance. Not understanding, you know, when we talk, the whole subject we're talking about is chat GPT. So you yeah. and I are sitting here having an intelligent conversation about chat, chat GPT. You do not work in the tech industry. Correct. I've spent yeah. 29 years working in the tech industry. Right, there is a level of understanding between us that is not shared in the in the halls of sure. Congress. Sure. That this this age group is not yet represented in the people who are going to be hearing the case about ChatGPT. You're right. I mean, and you can even you can even spread that further. Like per, a perfect example is the idea about uh, taxing content creation income. Yeah, let's talk about that. Go it, ahead. It. it it wasn't until the last couple of years that they've actually had tax code that directly, directly has targeted or mentioned streaming, live streaming on Twitch or OnlyFans or whatever. You know what I well, mean? I mean? Like, you, there's no OnlyFans, right? Hey man, my feet, my feet pay the bills. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but but. In, in in all truth, like, this is true, but if you, you even look at something as simple as, like, a, getting a visa for it t- to come to this country, like sure. a working visa sure. or something. You sure. can't do that as a live streamer or YouTuber or whatever. Like, there's no – unless you work directly for EA or Blizzard or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and they sponsor you. Yep. But at that point, it isn't the live streaming that got you that working visa. It's – the employment visa. You're working yeah, so, for that company. So so let me make sure I get what you're saying because I, I like where you're going with this. And this is a good subject, right? So, like, um, I've sponsored lots of people to come, you know, H-1B-1 visas, right? And every single sure. time, you're right, every single time it has to go through a, a traditional employment structure. Yes. Right? Like, there's an existing yes. company. You go work with an attorney. You get in the lottery. You get picked for the lottery. You do all the things you've got to do yes. to become a legal immigrant of this country to do a certain piece of work. And the process sure. is low. It's ridiculous. At this point, just take the plaque off from the Statue of Liberty's yep. feet. Yep. We don't care. Like, we don't want people coming here. 
Yeah. And right. I and I do, right? I think like, look, yeah. if they, you know, here's the, the issue. They're not paying, you know, people here are not paying taxes. That's a problem. Well, figure out how to get people here to pay taxes. They want to be here. They want to work. Let them pay taxes. Yes. Yes. Right? So that's the only, let them contribute to the system. We'd have so much more money in the system. But yes. at the feet of the Statue of Liberty yes. is is what this entire country was founded on. And we're like, yeah, it's going to be about a nine, uh, nine months at the minimum and about three years probably for you to find out whether you can come work here or not. Well, per- well perfect example. I, I've been following a uh, a she's considered a, a gaming journalist. Okay, Alana Pierce. Okay, yeah, I know Alana Pierce. Yeah, I've been I've been following her for years. She used to work for I think she works. Hey, Alana, for, I hope you see the podcast or hear. Yeah, the I'm podcast. sure she's listening. Yeah, um, big fan. Big fan. <laughs> she used big to fan. work for IGN. She worked for a bunch of other companies. She's been on worker visas with those companies. Okay, she applied for a green card, like a year and a half ago. Yep. She's been in this country working yep. for years. Yep. And just now got approved. Like And so now again, not to get political, but I understand the reason why people are coming here illegally because it literally takes years and thousands of dollars spent yeah. to try to get it to do it legally. Like, if you want to be here. Yes. You almost have to come here illegally. Yeah. It, it, it is ridiculous. And so what you were saying earlier is the, the 1099 situation, right, which is what you're talking about. Right? Mm-hmm. 1099, yep. for people who don't know, 1099 is, is, is a form of contract, a uh, form of taxation. And that is a form of contract taxation, meaning yes. if, if Happen and I have a business together, mm-hmm. we can hire people as an employee, right? Or we can hire people as a contractor. If we hire people as a contractor, that's a 1099 contract. And what that means yep. is that person will take care of their own taxes, that person will take care of their own legalities, and they're not going to hold the company liable for withholding taxes and doing all the stuff that you have to do when you're employing someone. Now, Which is everyone, exactly what Twitch does. Yeah, exactly. Every content creator who works with Twitch, I don't care if it's YouTube, I don't care if it's any of them, right? If yeah. you are, even if you're like a, one of the most valued partners, you are still a 1099 partner. They pay you an amount of money. They expect you to deal with the taxes of it. And so what you're saying, I think, is a really interesting point. Those people get no consideration whatsoever under the immigration, the current immigration protocols, because the only way they could is to be an employee. In other words, a traditional format employee of an existing company that sponsors, right? Because not all companies do sponsor, right? That's not a real, like, not some companies do, some don't. But so you're saying that from a 1099 standpoint, if you're someone who's not employed, you don't have any hope. You have a what? What do you Good have? Luck. Like a tourist visa? Is that how you do it? You come over on a tourist visa. You got to get out. Yeah, but the problem with that is, is there's also so many rules of oh, if you're here for for X amount of months, now oh, yeah. you have to leave the country and you can't come back for X amount of months. Like just it, it's it's if you don't hire an, uh, an immigration lawyer to sift through yep. the poo to figure out what <laughs> you can and can't uh, do a poo sifting lawyer, a pill literally. I mean, well, no, obviously not literally. No, literally. Okay. No, lit- I want a poo sifting <laughs> lawyer. I think this is, uh, we're on the right track here tonight. It, it's just, to me, it's incredibly, I have a significant, I have significantly more understanding of the frustration of the entire ordeal. Yep. You know, like case in point, my mom was a Japanese citizen. She married my dad at the U.S. Embassy in Japan when he was in the Navy. He brought her here. She was here on a visitor visa for, I'm not kidding you, almost 30 years. What? My brother my brother and I were... were I was... I, I'm lying. I was 26 or 27, I think. 
when my mom applied for and got accepted to become naturalized as a U.S. citizen. Um, and she had been in this country for, you know, 20 some years working, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. um, and she, it, to be clear, she didn't, it didn't take her that long to get approved. She took that long to make the decision to okay, become yeah, an American you. citizen. Okay. And it took uh, several years to get approved. Right. So it actually took her three and a half years yep. to get approved. Yep. Um, and that was with a sponsor that had a security clearance because he had been in the Navy for 20 years. Been serving his country. Whatever he had at the time. Yes. Serving the country. And yeah. so, and that to me is just like, you know, and my mom, all the way up to when she passed away, was a fervent believer that you like, you don't break the law. You don't yeah, cross sure. the border illegally, blah, blah, blah. Sure. And she's like, you know, I if I could do it right, you could do it right, blah, blah, blah. But I under, I, I kind of, at this point, understand I don't agree with, but I understand the I mean, reasoning look, behind. Dude, we've got a marketing problem. <clears throat> yeah, in the well, United sure. in the United States of America, we've got a marketing problem. We spent a long time telling people to come here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we spent oh, yeah. a lot of years branding ourselves and saying, "Look, if you want to work hard, you can do anything you want to do. Maybe you're cold, you're starved, you're do, and come to the country and work and be part of our society yeah. we're building together." Yeah, and yeah. at some point. We became incredibly jaded towards that mindset. And I, I don't identify with the jaded perspective. I really don't. Correct. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. far more identify with being inclusive. Heck yeah, come on. Like, let's get in here and work together. I want to make sure we're all, yeah. you know, if you get paid you know, $38,000 for something, I want to make sure you're paying taxes. Just like when I got paid $38,000, I paid sure. taxes on. Right? Sure. If we're doing that, sure. we're a team. High five. I don't care where you came from. I don't really care what yeah. you're doing. We're just, yeah. we're in it yeah. together. Now, that to me is what we were shooting for for an awful lot of years and what we said for an awful lot of years. And people believed us. <laughs> they were like, awesome. And they now everyone's like, wait, it. what? Like, yeah, why? Now people what? are like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you mean, no? Build the wall. Yeah, yeah, like, build, oh, gosh. Build the wall. Shoot them at the border. That is what I've heard. So, like, to me, it's like. Nah, we, we got we got to figure ourselves out here. And if we don't, if we want to yeah. be, you know, isolationist and we want to keep people out, we need to be honest about that, right? Um, if we want people to come, we need to be honest about that. And our immigration policies and standards and the way we handle that could definitely use some work. Um, sure. And if, if you're going to find a good use for machine learning, maybe that's it, right? Let's sift through everyone who's applied. What are you doing? So that's where you're going to have a human being work through everything. If you're going to fit, if you want to apply something like, like, machine learning apply it to this and yeah let it make some decisions all these people need is a tax yeah, id for the yeah, most part yeah, um yeah. and i want to go all the way back now to what we originally talked about in corporations handling the the downturn and you and i talked about this a long time ago but i want to bring it up again because uh, we do have time so i you and i talked off off podcast off stream just you and i and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up that conversation because uh, i think it reflects more on me than you and I think you'll be cool with it. But I was really miffed about what was going on at Twitter with the layoffs because right. of who was being chose to, chosen to be laid off and yeah, who wasn't yeah. going were the H-1B one sure. holders. Yep. And you and I talked at that time, and I was like, this is, they, you know, people don't understand. If you have a visa, let's say you've gone through the process and you've gotten it, so you've made it through all this stuff that we're talking about, right? You've done it, and you're in, and now you've got this, this work visa. This H-1B-1, right? It's a high-skill high work visa. So you've got this work visa, and you're here. 
You cannot do any other job. Yeah. They, that is illegal, right? You are breaking the terms of what allows you to stay in this country if you go make money any other way than what is outlined in the way that you got that work visa. And so those people do not have job mobility. You know, we like to think as citizens, I'll go find another job if you don't like it, you know, and that's what you hear people say. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you've got to understand something. And these people literally something. have to reapply to be able to do that. In the meantime, they can't stay here. They have to be they, respon- they, they have to be yes. sponsored by someone else. Yes. Yep. And there are companies taking advantage of this situation. That, to me, when you talk about soulless decision being made, that's the epitome of it. Totally. Right that totally. is that is as bad and as I- you get in my mind. Well, and I remember you and I, when we talked about it, I said, well, look, um, maybe, and I was taking a very, I don't, I don't want to say callous look at it after doing some reading, but, um, ignorance is bliss. Hmm. So, so to me, when I looked at it, it's like, well, as far as I could tell, they were a bloated corporation that probably needed those cutbacks. Sure. And I, and I'm not going to make any argument. That's not the case. Right. But but I I will 100 percent admit that that uh, like reading out over some of the the blind like to, to me, blind layoffs, first of all, shouldn't be a thing like that to me is that that blows my mind. Yeah. Like laying somebody off and then a couple days later realizing that you laid somebody off that was integral to the operation oh God, of X, Y, Z and then going back and saying, sorry, we need to I... rehire you at that point. You're like. Oh. That person, do they bite their their tongue in pride and say, "Okay, I'm coming back," or do they just say, "F you, I'm gonna go somewhere else"? I think I've you told know you, what I mean. Been, like, I think I've told you this. I've been that guy. Did I ever tell you this? Oh God, that I can't even imagine. I was at a company being in that position. Yeah, I was in a company, and uh, everyone around me had quit <laughs> because my boss was a tyrant, right? So we right. were supposed to have let's call it eight. I don't know what the real number was, right? It was it was more than eight, but let's say it was eight. We needed eight people to do the things that we were supposed to be doing. And my boss was a complete and utter just tyrant. And yeah. because of that, everyone else had quit. And I, was, I cared so much about what the company was doing, and I was trying to get it done. And I was like, I'm going to stay here, and we're going to rebuild. And, and you know, we'll, we'll work around this person that's just like not, not great to work with, not great to work for. And I came in, and this is, and I'm not, I'm not, this is no joke, all right? <laughs> I came in on April the 1st. Oh, my God. So April Fool's Day, I come in, and it's like 730 in the morning, and I'm like, hey, uh, so-and-so needs to talk to you in their office, and, and HR is in there. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, a bunch oh of layoffs God. are going on this morning. So we had <laughs> no idea, no idea this were coming. And someone said, literally said to me, you're going to be okay. I mean, you're the only person in, in the department. How could you be? How could you be? You know, <laughs> it's, that's, that doesn't make me feel better. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I go in the office, and the, the guy's like, uh, sorry to tell you, you know, we're going to have to let you go. And I look at the HR rep and I was like, are you, are you serious right now? And she's like, yes, this is a very serious matter. And I'm like, okay. Well, here's the thing. When I walk out of this door, I fully expect you to turn around and let him go because he now has a department of zero. He's, no, he's got no reason to be employed. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't do that, right? They did not do that. What I found out later is they, they had to make the decision in a very, like a hurry. And so what they did to decide who was, who was going to be laid off is they took a spreadsheet of every department. Oh, my God. And they organized people by salary. 
Well, I was the highest salary in my department. You know why? Because I was the only person in my department, <laughs> right? And so well, they're yeah, like, yeah. And so they're like, well, he's got to go, obviously, right? And so they let me go. <laughs> and then, like, I don't know, it was maybe four weeks later, three weeks, something like that. I get a call from the person above my manager who was like, uh, I think we made a mistake. And I'm like, yeah, do you? Do you really think that might have been the case? Because manager guy's still there. Yeah, he's still here. Yeah. So so you're telling me you think you made a mistake letting me go. Yes, and we really can't keep these systems running, and they're integral to our business. And it's like, good luck. Why do you sound like Trump when you say that? Good Do I? Maybe. <laughs> I was like, good luck. Right? But that was me. I was yeah. in that situation. Let me tell you what yeah. happened. Let me let me give you the long arc story. I went almost, I almost went broken that went into incredible amounts of debt. It was, it was an incredibly hard time, right? Oh, really, yeah, I believe it. And, I, and I've worked really hard to try to get beyond it and hope it doesn't happen again. But the dude, the manager guy, invested a bunch of money that he was still making into the parent company, now owns hotels and travels around the world living in the penthouse. Of course. That is an American story in a nutshell. And when you're talking about corporations doing layoffs, all the way back to what we've been talking about, this is yeah. why those decisions matter. You legitimately yeah. have made decisions that impact people's lives generationally. Their kids yeah. will suffer the yeah. impacts of your decisions. Yeah. And you should take it that seriously when you're making those decisions. And you should have the decency to think about all those things before you hire 600 people you don't need and pay them three times what you think they're worth just to meet some number. I, I, but I, I also think society as a whole, though, we've got to a point now where uh, it's it's okay to not have to not have to do that, not have to have that conversation, not have to. I agree. Like it's okay to do the blind layoffs, dude. I you know look, <clears throat> I'm not an anti work guy. Scary. I you know, I've told you what I do. You know what I do for a living, right? Like yeah, I'm not yeah. an anti work guy, but we are letting far too many executives off the hook. Oh, yeah. I believe it. I agree. If you lay off over X percentage of your company, you should walk out with them. That's the way it should go. Well, You know who fails? So, Management. Totally. Totally. So why are you still here? Yeah. My, my dad, he worked for Quest Communications in Pacific Northwest. And I think we've talked about this, too. And he was on the board of directors for Quest Communications running the payphone department. Oh yeah. So you 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 could obviously see the writing on the wall there, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, payphones. So <laughs> payphones weren't the permanent solution. Huh? Right. So at some point my dad literally had to build severance packages for all of his people, lay them all off, build his own severance package yeah. oh, yeah, and his own. literally liquidate his own freaking position. I think that's the but, way it ought but, to go, man. But just, that's no, the right way looking to do back, it. I have so exactly, I have yeah. so much more respect for yeah. my dad because of that than than anybody because you know, that, everybody great. else they'll shift you to a different department or whatever the case may be, right? Like Dude, such a great but call. Jesus. Out. There are times, you know, you know to, to put a bow on this conversation, there are times where businesses need to lay, lay, lay people off, right? They need to let have to go. happen. And uh, you know, GE was a great example. They had all these different things that they were, you know, invested in. Sure. And some of those things were going to work. Some of those things were not going to work. And if you were in a part of the business that was not going to work, the reality was we have yeah. to, you know, we kind of have to readjust here. Yeah. Otherwise, the whole the whole business is going to be gone, right? And no one wants that. Right. So it's actually a bigger problem. Right. Just like, 
That's a lose-lose. But, but letting the executives off the hook, maybe that's it. You know, and I have not thought about that until today, but letting the executives off the hook, look, I've told people you know, that, that work with me a million times, if um, if someone gets a promotion, that's because they succeeded. If someone has to be fired, that's because I failed. Right? Those are the, the like, management yeah. failures sure. are what we're talking about here. None yeah. of those employees were responsible for Mark yeah. Zuckerberg deciding to spend, you know, $1,162 <laughs> trillion on a... A hyped-up, eight-bit, you know, Nintendo Entertainment oh, System headset. Um, that, and I, I, I am being a bit hyperbolic there. But at the end of the day, but you're really not though. You're really not though. I mean, let's. I mean, real, realist, real talk. You're really not. At the end of the day, the executives need to be on the list of people who no longer get paid. Yes. If if you've got to lay off a certain percentage of your company. The board of directors of that company needs to find a replacement for you. You get three weeks severance as well. Goodbye. It's like bankruptcy renegotiations, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's, look, it's, look. Yeah. I can solve these problems. Doctor, the, yeah. the the people that are in uh, in Congress now can't solve them. You put me in Congress. You vote me in. I want the, I, I need to be in the executive branch. Let's get the executive branch. It's gonna be the gonna be the greatest congressman ever. No. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be best. No, I'd probably be flipping tables and punching mofo's in the mouth. You That'd be about, that. about what I could take of, of, of those folks. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to do that either. I couldn't listen to those people pontificate all day. Not, not, not knowing anything what they're talking about, pandering. Yeah. All right. So, next subject. <laughs> next, moving on. Yeah, moving on. I think we've, we've exhausted that one. The next subject is yeah, going to be yeah, really yeah. interesting. I think a lot of fun. Um, and I don't really have a good seg- segue for it. That's why I made the hard break. So there was something, and I put this this article, this this link, you know, or this subject yeah. up here. So I'll talk about it a little bit. There's something that's been going on that I find incredibly fascinating, which is the resurrection of the airship. Yep. And when I say airship, what I mean is some people call them blimps, zeppelins, uh, dirigibles. I've heard them called by really old yeah. people, right? Yeah. Like yeah. these are these are airships, right? They're inflatable yeah. ships that float and can navigate through the air and there's this resurgence right and there's these two companies in particular one is called uh lta research that's a much less interesting name the other one i think is really fantastic is called flying whales and they're building these airships and the flying whales airship can actually carry 60 tons 60 tons of capacity and it's really been i, I saw it and i was like i want to talk to happen about this like this is uh really fascinating to me and i've always been fascinated by airships but there's all this stuff going on with them because there's this huge debate between hydrogen or helium, right? Hydrogen, look, the Hindenburg, high was hydrogen. It meets air, it explodes, people die. It's bad. Helium. Well, do you know why hydrogen was used instead of helium historically? I, I, historically, maybe not. I know the arguments now, but what is the, uh, tell me. It, it was cheaper. It, hydrogen is cheaper. Yes, and that is still it's true. Easy, it's easier to acquire, easier to compress, it's cheaper, period. Yep, and that is still true. So there's this debate now, hydrogen yeah. or helium, and I didn't know this, so I learned this from learning about these airships. We're probably going to run out of helium in the next 100 years. Hmm. So I love that you picked this balloons. topic, by the way. Yeah. I literally read these articles like a day or two before. Oh, did so we were subject. reading the same thing? Yes. Yes, yeah. But what are your thoughts? Um, I, mean, I love it. I, I think, 
I want to buy one and put a restaurant on the bottom of it and cruise around serving people dinner over a city all night. That's what I want to do. I think this sounds like a great idea. Well, to be clear, hydrogen as a lighter-than-air substitute for airships is significantly safer today just because of the technology. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Um, Helium, yes, is significantly harder to acquire or manufacture, store, and keep uh, viable because I guess it degrades really quick. quick okay. All right. So it, okay. So it loses um, its its properties quickly, or is it, is it leaks? Yes, it's hard it, to keep. Okay. It, something about it. I don't know what the proper term is. Like the half life, I guess. Technic- uh-huh. Is the technical uh-huh. outlook of it? Whatever. Potency. Anyway, um, I will tell you. So actually, this whole thing, you know, uh, blimps, dirigibles, airships, whatever, as as a possible replacement for aircraft has actually been an ongoing conversation for. For longer than just now, like this is. Sure. I remember have reading you, articles have you and about I been this. Following this together and never talking possibly. about it, possibly like, for like twenty years. <laughs> I had a. I, I remember as a kid, I had a subscription to Air and Space magazine, uh, and okay. I remember right. reading articles when I was a kid uh-huh. talking about this um, because the the lift capacity to fuel consumption is significantly better oh, yeah. in an airship yeah. than it is. It's like like a 747 700 uh, cargo carrier can carry I think uh, 50 tons or something like that, it, whereas like you said the airship can carry significantly more. Sure. Um, and it takes almost nothing. And to move the things. Almost nothing. Yep. Yeah. And they can even set them up to ride the you know the the slipstreams and what have you. Like sure. they don't need sure. to necessarily propel I mean, themselves. So. <laughs> Chinese weather balloons have proven. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> we can move these things all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense because also supposedly producing or building or manufacturing an airship is significantly less, uh, it's more cost efficient. Is it? Supposedly. Than an I, I find it fascinating. I really do. I, I think it's cool. Um, and I, I really do want to put a restaurant on the bottom so you let me know when you're gonna throw ten in that hat and we can uh investigate i'm telling you glass glass bottom airships i'm down Let's see i this. how cool would it be to drift over a city i mean you pick people up you do maybe two two rounds of dinner a night you know pick people up cruise around the city for we need to shoot elon an, an email about this get this happening make a happen, tesla you know. airship yeah let's see if let's i can go. get him on my someone get him on the line <laughs> and there was something i saw that i'd never really thought too much about but got me kind of really excited about these things because you know what you need for anything to succeed you need a really good business case for it right you need uh some amount of money right to to be provably spent yep. uh that can't and generally money is going to follow the path the path of least resistance right so you're going to be like oh if i can get it with a helicopter i'll use a helicopter so <clears throat> one of the things i saw that was really fascinating about this is because they're pro- these the ones that are being created now are electric Right. Um, and so they don't burn any fuel. They could p- potentially have fuel reserves, right, to recharge batteries. Uh, but sure. they, don't, they don't have to burn fuel. And I never thought about this, but you don't have to have anywhere to land these things. Nope. So they can reach areas, geographically speaking, areas that are just further out than, you know, helicopters. Um, and places where airplanes just simply can't operate. Yep. And we're talking about... There's an awful lot of the world. In the United States, we don't have a really good reference point for this because you can drive anywhere. There's nowhere you can't reach yeah. a helicopter here. But there are 
huge parts of this world that could benefit from having like, you know, I need a research station out here and this is how I get stuff out to it. Um, or remote villages or, you know, disaster relief yeah. Yeah. where we can't get cars in and out, right? And helicopters are, are hard, they're high in demand, right? Because we need them for lifting debris or whatever. This is a, it was really fascinating to me when I was reading about it and realizing yeah. um, there's a real potential market for these things. And I would love to see I would love to see more than just like the you know we used to see the blimps all the time at sporting events, and we don't even see that. That's anymore. been, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would love to see you know, I'd love to see some of this. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. Well, and this cool. is why the U.S. Navy was using you know blimps for for decades from the early 19s all the way up to World War II. Like you know, blimps were being used for maritime patrol for transporting for rescue because they're linger times like you know mm. they could fly a blimp out over an ocean if you had a shipwreck and they could linger for a very long time sure, after sure. without burning fuel you know and 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 those are things the problem you run into i think um is going back to having a company that produces a, a, a aircraft yep that has potential for profit there that Boeing or Lockheed Martin or whoever doesn't already provide. Yeah. Your sales point has to be, we could do this better, that better, this better, that better, this better, and we do it cheaper. Otherwise, they're going to be like, well, I could get a, a aircraft from Boeing or Lockheed Martin that does the same thing. I don't need to spend money on you. Yeah, I think that the, I think that the lift capacity, 60 tons, right? You start talking about that big of a lift capacity. That's um, nuts. You, you, you do. It is nuts, right? And you start getting into some pretty interesting conversations yeah. when you're saying, okay, 60 tons. Well, what about 100 tons? Right? Because it's a matter of scale at that point. There's, I mean, okay, yeah. sure, 100 tons. Like with aircraft, that gets really, because you've got to lift yeah. the thing off the ground. That's the hard, people don't always realize, you know, the hardest part on an aircraft is actually getting it into the air. Yes. Right? And, and to make it lift more, you must have more lift on the wings. And to do that, the whole aircraft has to be bigger, so it becomes a scale issue. And then I can't land. Yeah, I'm not, maybe yeah. I can get in the air, but I can't land it anywhere. Except yeah, maybe yeah. Antarctica, where it can just you know, go as far as it needs to go. So, like, or Texas, you know. You can do that in probably Texas, too. But not in Alabama. We got hills. So, it's a really <laughs> fascinating conversation. And I'm super excited to keep up with it. And uh, I think it's really hilarious that you and I have been following this for, like, independently for some I, amount of time it's just man it's i've cool always nerded me. out on weird stuff like that like you know just random weird stuff like that like stuff you don't see ever talked about really but like because the image yeah well the image caught me you know that that big dude bulbous are they not cool you know amazing amazing if you guys if, if people are listening you know or watching and they they have not looked this up right there there's some good articles the out there, there. But uh, the companies that you want to talk about, and, you know, Happy can show it here on the, the recording on YouTube, uh, but the companies we're talking about are Flying Whales, W-H-A-L-E-S, uh, yeah. -E like Flying Whales. Yeah. <laughs> and you should Which look is really up. funny, by the way. It is hilarious. <clears throat> and you should look it up and take a look at these things. This is a really curious and interesting, um, you know, new, new potential way of doing things. I, you know, I do think as much wind as we have in places that are subtropical like Alabama, I do, I have curiosities about how are you going to keep this thing more hurricanes and storms. Yeah. Like, like, like how is this going to work? Uh, can they, yeah, can yeah. they get high enough to get above the weather? 
um, you know, without sliding into some stream they can't recover from. And well, I mean, you, when you talk about balloons, like not trying to go back to the whole China thing, but like weather balloons go up into the stratosphere. Sure. These are mylar balloons going up into the stratosphere. So surely you can take these things up there to where Get them you above need the weather. oxygen to breathe. Do it, right? So, yeah, interesting tech. I mean, it's. Again, I, I, one thing I think that's a huge problem with humans, when we latch onto a specific type of tech, it's very hard for us to veer, right? Like we are latched onto the atypical aircraft, wings, propulsion, fuselage, sure, sure. layout. Sure. So trying to get the idea of bringing, bringing back dirigibles, like I promise <laughs> you most people, the image of the I Zeppelin... You yeah. know, I was sitting in a, I was know. sitting in a room, and I'm going to own it, right? And this has been probably, probably 2010, 11, maybe around that space. And I was sitting in a room, and I was I was talking to some guy who owned a company, and we were trying to figure out how we were going to make his company more money. And he was like, we went through all the, we had these really smart people who were going through. Here's how you're going to market the company. Here's how you're going to do this stuff. And the guy just right. he's the old guy, right? And he looks across the table and he goes, "Dirigibles." <laughs> And I, I confess, I looked across the table and I was like, what did he just say? Did, did, excuse me. Did you just say dirigibles? Yeah, you know. <laughs> that word hasn't been spoken in 40 years. And I was like, I don't know how we get those. <laughs> you know, and that's where it kind of stops. It's like. I understand what you're saying, but even if we said that was a good idea, it's not. But if we said it was a good right. idea, right? I don't have an acquisition path. I can't go get you a dirigible, sir. <laughs> right. But maybe that changes in the future, right? Maybe that. Uh, maybe. Maybe maybe Indiana we can have Indiana Jones a in the in the, the dinner car of a Zeppelin asking for tickets and throwing people out the window when they don't have them. Well, that's what you know. Rita said it uh, cuts down on Dyna Dash. <laughs> you have a restaurant I'm on the bottom you. of a dirigible. I'm telling you. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, Dash is a whole different ballgame. You know, the movie Up, you right? To, the guy had a dirigible and, uh, yeah. And, uh, he had the whole museum in there and the whole, uh, you know, basically that guy was cruising around the world living in one. And if you think about it, like you, you talked about legitimately, okay, you got these balloons that are possibly traveling above the clouds so you literally lay solar panels across the tops of them hey, and they're electrically powered yep. so they keep a small fuel reserve just in case to run a diesel gener generator you know when they need to need it yeah i like this one I'm gonna keep. We're gonna keep talking about this one. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna need to start gonna, buying stock immediately, my friend. I'm gonna keep an eye on this one. I, I like this one. I'm not gonna lie. I like it. It's an emotional buy for me, but I'm gonna buy it. I like it. It's an emotional buy. It's an emotional buy. I'll, I'll own it. It's an emotional buy. I get it. Fair. The thing. Hey, look, if it works, it's gonna work big. Oh, totally. If it doesn't work, it just doesn't eh. work. But if it works, eh. it's gonna work big. It's only stupid if it. It That's doesn't right. work. It's only stupid if it fails. <laughs> All right, Happy. We got about half an hour left, left and we got a couple things yeah, we want to run through. So, uh, one of the segments I'm gonna I'm gonna force us to always have because I love it, um, and I think over time it'll this this segment will get longer, right? And it'll take up more time each time. So I'm excited to uh, to do this this time. But Happy, what you watching? So this is gonna be a little bit different because uh -oh. I was super excited when you said you're gonna watch it. 
because last podcast when we did what you watch it happen uh-huh. I'm, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come up with a jingle by the way i need to hear what you like, watch what you watch it happen you know something <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> when you asked that question i said somebody feed phil yeah like that look man um there's no question to the fact that you know i loved anthony bourdain yep with with a passion i met the man a couple times like he really blew me away as a a, a man's man or, or i like to say a human's human like they he loves that he loved that connection between people yep um and anybody that is in the film or video or documentary documentary realm that has that thought process is an instant win for me Mm -hmm. um and that's been missing until i discovered somebody feed phil and the first few episodes i always tell everyone the first few episodes are a little bit a little bit hard to get through because phil philip rosenthal is literally trying to figure out how what he wanted his show to be you can literally see it if you watch from episode one it morphs slowly into what it is today yeah and um and it's on and season i didn't what season that's like seven or something so they just renewed seven okay so six so is i out. think that's not going to come out till next year i think uh-huh. sometime i think they're filming it right now but okay. um this is you know how big of an impression that show left on me specifically is i remember episodes and seasons for the areas and you living in alabama and along the mississippi delta area that's why i immediately told you go watch season four episode four the mississippi delta because that is right up your alley literally oh yeah um yeah yeah and I, i i uh, I want to hear what you what, what you think. No, uh, no, no, okay, you're so, fine. So, I want to hear so, what you think. So uh, I did watch the episode, right, and we talked about this. Um, the Mississippi Delta, right, is a special place in my heart for a lot of reasons, of course. But what was interesting is is I, I sat down and I watched this show, right, and I'm watching Philip Rosenthal. And, you know, using – I get exactly where you're coming from by saying, hey, Anthony Bourdain, um, there was a gap left in that. Yeah. But I don't want people who are maybe considering watching this show, and I do recommend people go watch it because it's just good. It's just – Yes. But uh, I don't want people to think they're walking into an Anthony Bourdain world, right? Anthony Bourdain was a very serious human being. Uh, Anthony Bourdain was very intense, but very, very kind of uh, steely focused in a a very empathetic way, human being. Philip Rosenthal is not that guy. He is is having fun. and, And it's the same. I think what they share, though is this deep empathy towards other human beings where they just want to go Correct. make a human connection and food is how they do it. And Correct. so what struck me about watching this, I got a lot to talk about. This one episode, a lot to unpack. Okay, I asked you this. But before you go on, though, yeah, it's it summed up in one quote, and I put that on our notes, because Anthony de Bourdain had a thought process and an underlying thought process with all of his episodes, and yep. it really goes back to this. The quote that I put in there is, the perfect meal or the best meals occur in a context that frequently has very little to do with food itself. Say it again. And <laughs> the perfect meal or the best meals yep. occur in a context that frequently has very little to do with food itself. And that's where I connect Anthony that's Bourdain good. Good. and Phil Rosenthal. Yeah, that's good. Specifically. Yeah. And so what Anthony Bourdain was talking about there is, yeah, we're having a meal, but we're making a human connection yep. and a meal happens to be part of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're right. I think that's a good call. Philip Rosenthal seems to be with this show 
making those sort of connections. And, you know, he takes Correct. he takes some stuff and he goes a little bit off the beaten path, you know, which is an Anthony Bourdain did that, right? And, yep. um, he goes off the beaten path and he meets people who are doing interesting things with food, sure, but they're just interesting people. And yep. one of the things I asked you about is, are all the episodes this beautifully shot? Um, yes. I'm not a cinema nerd, right? I've known enough of them, but when I recognize that the photography is gorgeous. I'm talking about oh my God, you know, the food amazing. shots. Yeah, okay, yes, the food shots. I expect that. But shooting the towns, shooting the places, shooting the people, retaining their humanity, doing those sorts yeah. of things is a really high-level art form. And I don't think you everyone... You know why it's so good? Why? He shows what everybody there, wherever they are, sees every day. Mm. That's it. Mm. They don't. They don't spruce it up. They don't no. try to make it yeah. special. They literally show what whoever it lives there on a day to day basis would just see on a day to day basis, and that makes it so real. It to me, it's really beautifully shot, and you feel yeah. the place, right? And so this particular, it's also really well sound edited. By the way, I was very yes. impressed with that. Um, and, and the reason I say I'm impressed with that is it's hard, right? I, I would encourage anyone who doesn't understand. Take your phone, take oh, a yeah. microphone, take a camera. Go try to shoot something of really high quality. And you'll discover pretty quick how hard it is to shoot something of really high quality. And yeah. when you've got a crew that can go on the road from Memphis, Tennessee, down the highway through Mississippi and make shots like they are making on the move, unbelievable what they're doing. And so he starts in Memphis, right? And this is what, um, you know, the, he's the, the Delta, people talk about, you know, the Mississippi Delta. And I think a lot of people think of that, you know, being all the way down in the South Mississippi. And sure, that's that's absolutely part of it. And, um, yeah, if you yeah. want to see abject poverty, that's a great place to go. If you want to see how yeah. society has systemically left some people behind, that's a great place to go. But if you go north from the coast of the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, you know, you go north, you take Gulfport, and you go north, right? All the way to Memphis, you're going to find your way up through some really interesting towns. And the thing about Mississippi that's super interesting, you know, we, uh, I met you, we were talking about the USS Kid, we came down to Baton Rouge, right? Yeah. We drive yeah. through Mississippi on those, those travels. Mississippi doesn't have a major city. Like, nowhere in the state is yeah. there what anyone would consider a major city. And you can go to all these towns, and you can meet all these people. And to a person, every time I've done that, they have been amazing. Yeah. And this cat captures that, right? He starts up in Memphis. He, he grabs some food in Memphis. He meets some people. I mean, Memphis. He goes to Bill Street. You have to go to Bill Street. Um, you know, it's it's where the blues were born. Of course, I'm passionate about that. But then he drives south, right? And he starts hitting yep. these places when he gets and through Mississippi. And it just keeps getting better. And it's like, yes, he's actually yeah. capturing what people, I think, miss sometimes. And this is what spoke to me. So I don't know if you knew this when you sent this. You said, hey, this is one you have to see. But... One of the things I always ask people, I'm a big cheerleader for my region, um, and you hear Southern hospitality, right, and that you hear people throw that around. And people don't, I don't think, realize that it's a real thing. Yeah. People look you in the eye. They welcome you. They like you because you're there. Right? They give you, it, it's, it's a different thing than if you're in some other places, yeah. right? And, and yeah. that, you know, that show captured that humanity moment there was this, this scene where he was sitting there and he was talking to the owner of a restaurant, right? And her great-grandson was at a table a couple tables over, right? And the great-grandson's like 12 years old, 
And he's like, hey, you want to come over yeah. here and eat with me? And the yeah. whole interaction was very genuine, was very authentic. The cameras could have been there or not been there. He didn't seem to care. And there's something special about people who can make a show where they're authentic, they're legitimate, right? He's talking to his dad on Zoom or, or Skype or whatever. That's the best part about that it's show. A, it's great. Is that his mom, dad, wife, brother, his brother's the producer of the show. Oh, is that true? Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, his brother's actually the producer of the show. Like, the thing with that kills me about that show and why it's so good is that Phil will have whoever he's with, mm-hmm. right, at the restaurant or whatever, but he will literally just, someone will be will be eyeballing the filming going on. And you if you take another look at that episode, you'll see it. People in the background eyeballing what's going on. And he will, he'll catch that and say, hey, come over here. You want some food? You want some free food? Like, come here, come here. And he'll just meet people. Like, like that to me is amazing. Like you are literally, you're not so wrapped up in what you're doing that you're in a bubble and you're ignoring what's going on around you. You know what I mean? Like that to me is, it's pretty beautiful. Amazing. And you know, I, I'm going to watch a lot more of it. Um, I appreciate you turning me on to it. I, uh, you and I have talked a lot about this and we're going to talk a lot about it in the future and we'll continue to talk about it. I long for a world where people want to connect with each other because yeah. they are people not because i expect something out of you right um yeah. you know not because i need something from you uh not because i expect something to come of it but because you're a human and that in and of itself is enough for me to want to know you yeah and that i think is what i got from watching this show somebody if you feel right and the, the whole concept is really cute right like he's gonna go to a town some, for, for the love somebody give this guy some food right that's kind of the yeah the premise yeah. is like i'm gonna be in this town i hope somebody feeds me right <laughs> that's kind of how it works out and so it's, it's great it's, it's not great. the restaurants it's, it's not always the restaurants you might think yeah you know, it's not these big name restaurants it's like yeah there's a house where a so guy he cooks. he does that he goes to a a, a couple michelin starred restaurants or whatever but for the most part he's going to like in that episode with the mississippi delta like it, it was literally somebody's house yeah that oh, was yeah. built 100 years ago oh, yeah. it was a know? grandmother's house or something right yeah <laughs> like this is like, my granny's house or the, ha- yeah. no, the the granny lived across the street he bought the house across the street from his grandmother yep. started a yep. restaurant a house to make it a restaurant oh dude that episode they're having breakfast and they're having fried oh, lobster God. tails for breakfast fried oh, lo- okay look God. everything about that was like what the what the what let me tell you how many want to go markers i've put on my google map (laughs) watching his show well you know not even if you come see me that's between us no no oh my friend let you and i need to have a conversation because we need to have a freaking holiday (laughs) road let's go man let's go like i I am down I i should take the train to new orleans and you should meet me in new orleans Let's go. We should drive north Let's go, and then man. come east, come back home. It'll be fun. Let's go. It'll be a lot of fun. We should do this. You tell me when I'm on a plane or I'm driving. Let's go. All right. Well, you're gonna come to this town. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna feed you. When well, I come to I'm that a big town, guy, you're gonna so feed I enjoy me. getting fed. <laughs> yeah, right, we got. We got. But but legitimately, somebody feed Phil. There's also episodes. Um, in that show, where I'm I'm not gonna lie, they may tear you up a little bit. Um, because he goes into like Syria or he goes into 
wherever, mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He goes into, and he's not eating at restaurants. He's eating at people's houses. Yeah, someone's house, yeah. And the thing that I love about that is the human aspect yep. of it. Like, you're seeing somebody in a culture that shouldn't mesh with a Jew because he very, very, very regularly mentions how he's Jewish. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and he's eating. He still eats pork. He doesn't go the full right. kosher, right. you know. But he's he's in a house of an Arab having an Arab meal yeah. as a Jew. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, what if we and, were and, all and just the, people trying to make our yes, way, right? Yes, and and that literally speaks to my heart of the whole "be a better human." That thought process of you know, be a better human. I always tell people that I love and my friends, like you know, my front door is always open. I've got a place you can sleep. There's food in the fridge. I got you know, alcohol you can drink. I'm here, man. You know, and that's, I wish more people were that way. And it may be a kind of an ignorant way to live life nowadays, but you know, dang it. If more people did that, it'd just be a better place. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I agree. So I agree. People could be better. To, yeah. I mean, you know how I think about that, right? Yeah, like, man. We talked about that. It's, it's the world could be a better place if everyone was a better person. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a perfect example. And, and, like, I fell in love with that show be, not because of, you know, seeing all these extravagant places. It was literally the interaction between mm-hmm. two humans. That was, you know, watching his interactions in, in Rio. Like, you're going to see Brazil, which is during Carnival, which is very uh, much not something, you know, that he, yeah. that type of person... He's married and he's older and it's not really his environment, but he oh, had what are you fun. Saying? What you are you know? saying? The carnival's? I'm not sure. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's a party, I hear. My friend, if you and I were 20 years both younger, we might have gone and had fun. Nowadays, I, I, we yeah. probably need to take a nap halfway before we get there. Yeah, yeah. It's, I hear it's the party. So it's that a was a bit of know, a party. I think it was a great recommendation. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it again. It's Netflix. Uh, somebody, if you feel. Um, anyone interested in checking it out, you should. Uh, highly recommended. Hapa recommended it to me on the last podcast. I, I now will recommend yeah. it along with Hapa. I will tell you, if there's a show you recommend to me that I don't like, I will tell you, hey, it wasn't for me. Right? I won't ever be critical of yeah. art. You won't find me being hypercritical of art as a musician. I've, you know, I've, I've <laughs> had someone come up to me on a set break and say, I hate your music. And I, you know, I... Jesus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you might... I think people who don't create, right... People who ne- who have never done that, especially public art, don't realize how hard it is to put yourself out there yeah. and then how hard it can be when people are very critical of it, right? And so the truth of the matter is if someone's making art, I'm going to say, hey, you know, I see what you're doing. Love it. Um, not my thing, but it is I, – I respect what you're doing. I think it's awesome, right? And there's always a way to approach that. And so this – I will tell yeah. you if there's a show that's not, not great, this one's great. Uh, I think, you know, if you're a fan of seeing places that are beautifully shot, these places probably have never been memorialized in photography, right? A lot of them. Oh, man. And it's just, yeah. I mean, it is legitimately gorgeously shot, right? That's yeah. notable. Um, the sound is unbelievable. You don't you don't miss out on words. You don't miss out on the intonations of people's voices. Um, it doesn't get overly you know, loud. I've seen uh, in, in getting coffee in cars with comedians, right? That's a really good example of a really good show, sure. but the audio on that is not as detailed as it could yeah. be. And so they do a really yeah. good job with some of these things. And, um, and he does a lot of things that are, you can tell are his too. 
like throughout an episode he meets with say five people throughout whatever town he's in but at the end of every single episode he always has dinner with everyone that he met like everybody from that visit yeah, they, okay so that, he brings that is a, all that of is them a thing together he does. So i didn't notice that so that is a thing he does every episode he does that and every episode i'll be honest with you his parents at the start of that episode are in their upper 80s, early 90s. They both pass away during the ah. seasons. Um, ah. Yeah, and I know and I know that's kind of a... I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I found this show right after my mom passed away, and that was... I, I immediately noticed when his mother was no longer there. Like, I immediately... He doesn't talk about it. I immediately noticed because yeah. of the fact that she is very present through the first few seasons and I'll tell you that really stung watching the progression yeah. but at the same time the love that he shared back if he's thousands of miles away from sure. his mom and dad and he's sharing that love like that to me is something I wish that I had thought about ahead because zoom I mean come on man zoom and skype think yep. about that how amazing that is now oh, right, I know. right? I know. like and, you know it, it was back to what Rita was saying earlier about uh, in chat, you know, Rita was talking about Facebook and, yeah, you know, and, and we do think, and we do talk about a lot and I think we should, we talk a lot about the negatives of social media and things like that. And we don't always hit on the positives, right? But there is a truth yeah. of the matter is we shouldn't take for granted just how many positives have come out of it. You know, being able to stay in yeah. touch with family, um, over remote distances, being able to see people that you wouldn't get to see all the time. Those are yeah. really the superpowers of our generation. You know, you, you and I are, I think, close to the... We're not too far from the same age, right? But, um, yeah. you know, near the same generation. He's we, older, by the way. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. Um, but we we kind of gave the world the social media thing, right? Now the, the generation behind us is going to have to figure out how to how to handle it. But yeah. those kinds yeah. of things, you know, seeing your family, seeing your... Those those are really powerful things that, uh, that the world has now. I mean, my you gosh, know, that's you're, the you're only in Austin, I Texas. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, and we're doing a podcast together, for crying out loud. That would have never happened, honestly, if it wasn't for the internet. No. No, it's great. And these tools that people create because they want to make a thing, right? And here we are. Yeah. Benefiting from it. Yeah. So what's... Uh, I, I honestly only had a Facebook because I was in the military and it was the best way for me to to keep that line of communication going, what was going on when mm -hmm. I was gone and seeing what they had going on when I was gone. So, yeah, so when like you were in the military and you were, you were away, were you able to kind of keep up pretty well? Did you feel like you were... We still obviously there you're, missing were times, out. you're not there. You're missing out. Correct. Sure. But you are far more in touch, right, than you would have been otherwise. I will tell you, I I joined the military at a weird time because when I joined the military, my first ship I checked on board, they were just getting email on board. So I was in that generation transitioning from getting mail once a month when you're out at sea yep. to being able to send an email. Yeah. And get an email back. Gotcha. And around that time was when they also started inventing email to text. So I was able to email to text somebody and get mm. instantaneous. So you were you were emailing and it was hitting their phone or, or whatever. And okay, right. And so I'll tell you, you know, um, just being able to log on to Facebook and see pictures from home, or you know, when when I was married, seeing pictures of what was going on day to day with with my wife and kids, and like telling them hey i you know i love this or commenting on stuff it it's still you're still obviously thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away but you had that connection still yep. Yep. um that i couldn't imagine 
mm-hmm. having, like my dad or prior generations, where they literally would write a letter, put it in the postage on the ship, and it literally wouldn't leave the ship for two or three weeks, and then would take two or three weeks to get home. Yep. And then a month or more to get back. Like, that to me is just nuts. Yep. Like, the idea of that... Uh, and so I will tell you that that's definitely a positive about social media because sure. I used to take the night watch. I would volunteer all the time for the night watch, which was like 1130 at night till 530 in the morning. I volunteered for that because when I was on the other side of the planet, that's when mm. my family was awake. So I could sit on a computer while I was monitoring a radar screen or whatever. And I'd be having text conversations, you know, across the world, across yeah. the globe. You know, and so, we shouldn't I take mean, for granted the the level of connectivity. I mean, there's certain certainly we have dangers and things we need to talk yeah. about, but we shouldn't take for yeah. granted how it actually has made um, a lot of really positive. Oh yeah, positive, and you watch movies like The Lone Survivor or uh, Thirteen Hours, you know, talking about the Benghazi stuff or talking about you know Chris Kyle and any movie where it talks about you know soldiers that are deployed forward somewhere they literally are having email conversations with their family i'm not gonna lie all those those scenes more so than people passing away or whatever they choke me up because that's the can that that when you're over wherever connects you to reality Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. when you're in a world that's really not connected to reality like none of it is is real for you when you're there so you know that's that's huge you know that human connection is is a big deal that goes back to our conversation we talked about. So, well, and the whole reason we're doing this. Yeah, exactly. But, but uh, I know I definitely digressed a lot on the whole what am I what what am I watching? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, so what did you, what have I, you watched? Would have would have been the yeah, right what I, what have I watched? What have we watched? I, yeah, I definitely know we're running a bit over on time, but I still, nah, we got eight minutes. We're good. Well. What are you listening to, my friend? Yeah, so thanks for asking. Like, I, you know, um, I, as anyone who doesn't know me, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a little bit here. I am a, a new music guy, right? So from a music discovery standpoint, I love new music. Um, and every Friday I put out a playlist, which is brand new albums. It's albums, if people don't know, in the music industry, albums come out on Friday. Um, generally studio albums I try to listen to and, and check out new stuff. And... I'm an album guy, right? And I used to talk about this a lot when I would stream, but I don't talk about it anymore. There's a reason I'm an album guy. Having made albums and having done some of that work, I know how hard it is for an artist to put an album together. Writing a song is a thing. Sure, you wrote a song. And how many one-hit wonders do you you know of and uh, one or two songs, right? An album is a whole different ballgame. And when you sit down and make an album, you know, 12 songs, let's call it, you're going to work your way through how do I order that album, what are the right songs to keep on it. I may write 25 yeah. songs and only keep 12, right? And all that work that goes into an album, when you take an album and you put it over to the side, and an album, by the way, is is uh, what we call an LP, right? It's, it's, it's 10 to 12 songs, basically 70 so or so minutes of music that one artist puts out. That is that artist in that moment. And you can go back in time and you can look at things like Dark Side of the Moon, uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest albums oh, ever, man. Pet Sounds, yeah. right? Uh, you can talk about the Beatles' White Album. You go about these albums, and not only are they a great representation of, of the, the artist, right, but they're a great representation of where society was and technology was and everything else in the moment, right? So having said all that, that is my disclaimer for what are you listening to? Willie Nelson. 
Willie Nelson. 89 years old. 89 years old, Willie Nelson. Uh, national treasure. Uh, older than some of our national parks. Uh, Willie Nelson <laughs> put out a new a new studio album, not a new live album, right? Because the guy is still touring, and there are still live albums to be made. He put out a new studio album on Friday, oh and the name of the God. album, get this, the name of the album is I Don't Know a Thing About Love. 89-year-old Willie Nelson put out an album that said I Don't Know a Thing About Love, and it is fantastic. If you like troubadour music, which is basically what country music cl- wishes it was still, Sure, um, sure. Guy with a guitar with a hole in it, writing a song from the heart. That's Willie Nelson. And how, 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 Hapa, is this 89-year-old dude who has smoked weed on the roof of the White House with presidents. Every day. S- still able to write an album from the heart. It, there may, we may live our entire, society may fizzle out and never have a Here's greater my question. artist. Do you, do you think he's this good because he's 89 years old? Uh, he's he's lived saying, life. I was just thinking he's actually 90 now. So, so I, maybe he's actually, oh, is he 90? Has he actually hit his 90th? Oh, my God. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy that has... Let's just think about the perspective of 90 years. Dude. How much you've seen, how much you've dealt with, how much you've you've. You're talking uh, about 1933, Hapa. 1933, and he's been producing music for like 70 years or something. Like just more than that, I'm sure. But oh my god! Yeah, no, I the guy, you know, the guy. And here's the thing: I when we do this on podcast, I, I want to tell everyone that these. If I recommend an album, it's because it's a great album. Flat sure. out, yeah. It's yeah. a great album from a musicianship standpoint. It's a great album from a songwriting standpoint. I don't. I'm not going to just recommend. I listen to a lot of music. I'm not going to just recommend something. If you want to check out something and you want to hear something amazing, go listen to Willie Nelson's new album. I don't know a thing about love. Came out Friday. Yesterday, right? Came out yesterday, and I'm, I'll be honest. I, I feel like a little bit of a jerk uh, when I was sitting down looking at. You know, I have a lot of different places I go to find out what music came out. I had no idea Willie Nelson was about to release a studio album, and it caught me completely off guard, so I was surprised well, by it. <laughs> nobody's going to anticipate that a 90-year-old... I just wasn't thinking. You know, there were some other yeah, bands yeah. and acts, and I was like, yeah. okay, I know that's coming out, and I've got some of these on my radar. Yeah. Whatever reason, Willie Nelson wasn't Man. on my radar, and I saw it, and I was like, well, I've got to hear that. add it to my list, man. And I listened to it, and I was to like, you know, it. it's just good. It's just good it's what i wish country music was still doing if i'm not gonna lie i don't know a thing about love i don't know a thing about love add that to my list let me know what you think about it i'd love to love to know yeah i i it, we jokingly talked about this before the the we went live like i wish and hope that i will have like a fraction of of my mental and physical <laughs> faculties hey, yeah, yeah. that this man has at 90 years old, smoking up all of everything he could get his hands on, like still producing music. Still like, doing that it, to me. It, oh my God. You know, there's a, there's a highway between California and, and Texas, and you may know of this highway and I forget the number, but it's famous for cops busting tour buses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? So tour buses yeah, yeah. that are traveling from, from from California to Texas, they always take this highway. And the police department in this small town along this highway, as soon as you get into Texas, is notorious 
for pulling over tour buses and busting yeah. people for drugs. And Willie Nelson got busted, you know, and they took him to the court. And the judge said, if you'll play for me, I'll let you off. And Willie Nelson's like, give me my guitar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Willie Nelson. And when I say, you know, smoked pot on the roof of the White House with residents, that's an actual thing. And it's not one president. <laughs> right? So, like, it's multiple. That's the guy we're talking about. And and oh, here he is yeah. making music. Um, and I do have some I want to send you. You know, there's... Um, uh, a guy I've played music with in the past released an album, and he's from the the, the Mississippi Delta. So I'll send you uh, I'll send you Mem Mods is the thing. It's it's you ha- you're gonna have to like, but it, it I'll send you uh, yeah a link to this one. Let you check that out. Since let we were me talking about the Delta. Let stuff. me tell you, I have never uh, connected more with uh, I don't know if it's a mentality is the right word the thought process or people in general than I have with folks from not just the South, but that portion of the South. Mm-hmm. In deep general. South. Yeah. Deep South. Yeah. Deep South. Yep. Um, the type of people that, are, that, that, are, you know, they'll come out to greet you when you, you step onto their property, but they may have a shotgun in their hands. <laughs> and they'll still be friendly. Yep. You know? Yep. You know, that type of thought process, you know, and I, cause I, I grew up in the country, but I lived in the city for most of my life and I still prefer the country over, over the city any day. But, but just that, that thought process and the twang, the music and the lifestyle, like everything to me is, you know, spot on. Yep. Like I, you, one of the things my mom had joked with me about before she passed away was like, she was remembering when I was sitting next to her in, in on her deathbed was when I was young, I had a pair of overalls and I wore the, <laughs> I wore the piss out of those overalls and I, I would, I was barefooted, no shirt on overalls running all over the uh, neighborhood yeah. as a little kid. And that's the look that you have when you think about these neighborhoods out there as well. You know oh, yeah. What I mean? Oh, so, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know that look. So. Uh, I know that look well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm from the Deep South. I grew up in the Deep South. I will remain in the Deep South. And I've stayed here on purpose, had a lot of opportunities to leave. I love and chose, it, chose not to. And there's there is some soul, right? There's some soul to it. Not everyone appreciates yeah, that. Yeah. Not everyone wants that. But um, if, if it gets you, it gets you, right? And so. Um, 100%. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, look, we're we're we're, we're at time. Uh, we're a minute or so over. So I think um, I'm gonna high five you across the country. You know, and yeah, man. Nice job. We did a good job on on keeping on time. This has been fantastic. Um, you know, we covered. You know, from a subject standpoint, we covered everything we wanted to cover. We went through you know, the economy and how corporations are handling it. How Chat GPT, AI, machine learning, how all those things are impacting the world around us. Our airships, our future. You know. And then we found out a little bit about you know what we've been watching, right? Uh, which again, yeah. I'll. I'll plug it in there, which is somebody feed Bill on Netflix. Go check it out. And then, uh, you know, what are we listening to, right? It's going to be Will and Nelson, and it's uh, I Don't Know a Thing About Love. So you can catch that on Spotify. Um, or my favorite, which is Tidal, right? The artists get paid more if you use Tidal. Um, but you have to pay more if you use Tidal, so I get why people don't do it. But at least go check out Will and Nelson's album. And I'd love to hear, you know, post some comments, what people think about it. Love to hear. Yeah. And as always, guys, like we always talk about, like, if you have subjects you think we should talk about seriously, um, we joke around on the podcast, obviously, but the subjects we talk about, we try to focus around, you know, what's going on in our heads, which is kind of a crazy idea to begin with. But, um, <laughs> but if you have you have a subject that you're curious about, or your questions about, or something that's piqued your interest, definitely put it in the comments. And like I said, 
I read every single one of those. I make notes of them. Seven and I talk about it. I would love to hear what you guys have to say. And uh, plus, it does help the algorithm if you like, <laughs> uh, subscribe, and or make comments. Feed I know, the machine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's 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 the plug. That's uh, the plug the that you always hear. Help the algorithm. Hit the yes, like. Hit the subscribe. Yes. Make the Feed comment. The blah, 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 blah. Share it. All that stuff. Um, but... I will always and have always closed out any stream or live anything with take care of yourselves, take care of each other, laugh, smile, make someone else laugh and smile. And I've recently added, uh, near and dear to my heart, a, a uh, statement that a young man made at an awards ceremony of call your mom. Call your mom, call your dad. If you have a parent alive today, call them, tell them that you appreciate them, have that conversation let them tell you about their day because you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's all I'll say about that. But, uh, any, any last comments from you, sir? You know, I mean, I always end everything with the same similar, right? Uh, you know, if, if there's someone in your life that you haven't heard from in a while, uh, family or otherwise, be that person who reaches out, be that kind of person who texts somebody 100%. and says, Hey, you know, I was just thinking about you, right? You, you would probably, if you've never been the person that that made a big difference to, I'm happy for you. But there are people out there who just getting a text message may change the course of their entire life, believe it or not. Sure. It will absolutely change the course of their day. So be that person that reaches out. Someone hits your head, right? Maybe that's the universe yelling at you. You know, you need to reach out to your old friend that you haven't heard from in a while. Just say, hey, say what's up. And it makes a big difference to people. And just connect, but be authentic in your connections. There's enough hate in the world. Spread some love instead. And with that... Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully we'll be back in a couple weeks, not a month. We're working on it. It's a work in progress, folks. <laughs> Love the hell out of all of you, and we will see you next time.